2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount
1: using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per
2: line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com. Wake up!
3: Wake up! Mike Mulligan! I think just as I kind of wonder why there is not a. An interest in Jim Harbaugh in Chicago, and I when it's announced and he leaves the Michigan and goes to the Chargers, I'm gonna feel that way, and I'm gonna be bothered by it. I just want to enjoy
4: this, and I hope you give me that. You know, <laughs> can a guy have that? Does it does it always have to be, you know, what's next, what's
5: what's the future? David Haw. but he doesn't want to talk to anybody. He doesn't want to create distractions. I know what you're saying, though. Jim Harbaugh seemed to make sense in Chicago. I think we're all going to have to learn how to move on because it bugs me too. Coach Harbaugh, I love you,
6: man.
3: Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5:30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score.
6: Love you guys. These guys right here. These guys right here, man.
5: These
3: guys did it. These
5: guys did it, man. Let's go.
3: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I told you I wasn't going to be too pleased when Jim went to the NFL West Coast. Nobody from Chicago apparently talked to him. Okay. And uh, I'm unhappy about it. I really am. Congratulations to him, David. He's got a new job.
5: Morning, Molly. Yeah, it's Thursday, January 25th, and Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL. And that's not a huge surprise based on the speculation over the last month or so or longer. I think that there's this level of disappointment in Chicago for those of us who thought that made sense and don't understand why if he was willing to leave Ann Arbor, if he was willing to walk away from what he considers the best job in college football and in the opportunity of a lifetime, fulfilled the dream, won a
3: national championship. If he was ready to leave, why not here? Why not now? Yeah, it's a good question, uh, Mr. David. I. Um I can't give you a legitimate answer. They, I've, they, heard, I've heard many offered. I've heard
5: several offered okay, give me via social media because uh-huh. when the news broke just before 6 o'clock on Wednesday, I was doing football night in Chicago. The news came across. You kind of adjust as best you can. And on social media, I tweeted out something to the effect of still will always wonder why the Bears didn't make a bigger effort to lure him to Chicago. That's the way I'm going to remember Jim Harbaugh leaving for the Chargers. And a lot of people want to say that, well, you know, Ryan Poles was never going to relinquish the power. The McCaskies were never going to find a way to work with him. There uh, was never going to be enough money. There was never going to be enough of this or that. And they all kind of sound like excuses.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of it. A lot of excuse-making. There's not a really good reason.
5: Well, you lack ambition. Th- there's I one reason say. that we don't know that could be the biggest one, and I think we've alluded to it many times when we talk about this and Jim Harbaugh. Something about maybe his relationship with the Bears organization was, I don't want to say fractured, but affected negatively in previous coaching searches perhaps. Okay. That's been thrown out there as a possibility. I've talked to people who might have been part of that. But I, I, I wonder if that had something to do with this. That still doesn't make you feel any better, but at least it's a more plausible explanation because he was there for the taking.
3: Mm-hmm. He, he's going to make good money. He owes $1.5 million in his buyout to Michigan. What do you think? That tells me they that. Do you want that money from him, or do you think they let him ah, keep it? They may want their money just for,
5: okay. they don't want to set a precedent. But I do think when you look at the size of the buyout, it is minuscule in comparison yes. to other coaches that have been yes. bought out for different jobs.
3: Uh, you know, DeBoer had to pay $12 million. Yeah, it was $12 million. Dollars. Right. Th-
5: that's typical that's, when you have guys who you don't want to leave right. and maybe don't expect to leave. What Jim Harbaugh's modest, relatively modest buyout suggests is that they knew this was coming. Yes. Everybody in coaching knew this was possible. Win a national championship right off into the sunset, and nobody's going to complain. You are a Michigan legend. You were as a player, and
3: now you cemented that as a coach. You won a national title. Do you know what genuinely surprised me? Jim didn't surprise me in the news yesterday, but I was genuinely surprised that the Miami Dolphins and Vic Fangio have reached a mutual decision to part ways. I was as
5: surprised as you were. I think that when he went to Miami, it was a coup because they have the offensive guru head coach Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio, that combination, that brain power, as good as any combination in in the league in their minds. And I understood why. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure why he's left. I think it's weird. It it was cited, uh, the explanation, one of the stories was he's moving, wants to be closer to his family in Pennsylvania. he's,
3: He's moving back to the Eagles. And he may have stayed with the Eagles had he not been offered the money in Miami. He was with the Eagles as a consultant, uh, and and he might have been a good fit there, but he went to Miami because it was really good coin. But as much as they a, had a
5: lot of injuries. They had a lot of injuries, but it,
3: even but as he's much a great coach
5: of of a mercenary business as coaching can be. I think the Dolphins probably anticipated having him more than one season. Yeah. It's that's not how you build continuity. That's not how you chase a championship. I'm surprised that they let him go because it was framed as a
3: mutual parting. Weird. It was very strange. So So now he's going to the Eagles? I don't think they I don't think he's officially interviewed or anything, but he's he's out and that's the guy they're gonna hire. No <laughs> doubt about it. He
5: was a consultant before he went there and I think he has yeah. some connections and that's certainly the the gravity so, of the role, he understands and can grasp everything that comes with being in in, in Philadelphia. But uh, related to what we talked about with Harbaugh, I I thought for a moment when I saw Vic Fangio leaving Miami that he would be yes. reunited with Harbaugh.
3: He Should have been here in Chicago with Harbaugh.
5: He should have been in Chicago, but he also would have a chance to coach Khalil Mack again, at the Chargers. Well, but I think yeah, Philadelphia I think, makes sense I think for family reasons and yeah. the
3: family and all that. And then you think. Wow, so that means no Chico, Ron Rivera, not being hired uh, by the Eagles. Well, he's going going to Green Bay. Well, (laughs) that is sort of the fear, isn't it? Yeah. Why wouldn't he come to Chicago? Just for the reason we talked about
5: yesterday. I I, know,
3: but so what? Why let him go to Green Bay, George? Bring him here.
5: Yeah, I I think that that wouldn't make sense to me. I I just don't think it would make sense from a – you know, he was fired once before for being too popular. That's exactly why he left. Get to the Super Bowl, uh, power struggle ensues. Lovey wins byron.
3: That's exe- that's essentially how it went. That was a few,
5: sure, it's fifteen no years ago. Yeah,
3: but I, I don't know. Did that leave a mark? He yeah. wrote. He when he left, he wrote like this great note to everybody. Like you know, emailed the whole building. It was poetic. It was beautiful. Yeah, Ron Rivera. Again, he comes
5: to this market. He immediately is the most popular football coach in town. He's the most popular football guy in town. I don't know that if you are an organization afraid to hire Jim Harbaugh if you're going to go out and run to no, get Ron no, Rivera. No, you're not,
3: you're not. <laughs>
5: uh, you, you do not make progress if you're paralyzed by fear. And so wow. where, that's
3: where we are with the Bears, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of expected more from the Bears this offseason, but I'm trying to get on board, but I promised, I had previously promised that I wasn't going to be pleased if uh, they did nothing and and he left Michigan. So I feel feel good that I'm sticking with that right now. I, I am torn because
5: I like, from a football fan perspective, I like the possibility of Jim Harbaugh coaching a team quarterback by Justin Herbert and in that division where the Chiefs may be vulnerable moving forward, who knows? You have Mc- Mahomes, you're always going to have a chance. But I also I'm curious uh, what his staff is going to look like. He's apparently taking Jesse Minter from Michigan, the defensive coordinator to LA. Right. Taking his son Jay to be the special teams coordinator. And our guy, Greg Roman, who we thought was going to, at one point in time, be a consultant for the Bears last year. We suggested it. During the season, he's going to be coaching Justin Herbert. Pretty wild. I think the presence of Harbaugh makes you more confident that that's going to work somehow just because it is Justin Herbert. (sighs) One of the five most talented quarterbacks in the league. You agree Hmm. with
3: that? I got to think about it.
5: He's got to be one of the five most talented quarterbacks.
3: I got to think about that.
5: Arm talent, um, velocity, accuracy. Off the accuracy. top of my
3: head? It's interesting. I'm not sure he's in my top five. Think about it. We'll get back to it. There's plenty of time to talk hard about today. Yeah, Please. but I'm, I'm just saying top five quarterbacks off the top. Oh, of your yeah. Head. Yep. I'm not sure he's in my top five. Okay. All right. Go to your top five. Who would that be? Top of your head. Top of my head. I haven't even looked at anything. I know. And someone's gonna be like, "Oh, no, why no, no!" You no. I would say now it's on my mind. Yep, I think Patrick Mahomes, yeah, is as good a quarterback as I've ever seen.
5: Numero uno, I would agree with I, that. I think
3: he—that's not hyperbole. Six years in, couple of Super Bowls. Look at his numbers. I, I this guy—he's gonna get better. Well, I mean, he's gonna get better. At, everyone's like, well, Tom Brady won it?" Well. This guy's just getting going.
5: One of the best ever.
3: Yes. already. So all right, he, he's, he's number, number one. one. Yeah. Um, I I know this is an unpopular idea, but I love Joe Burrow. I, I just, do too. I love the way he plays. Our I top love two is same. Ball. All right. I I think he'd be there. I would probably go Lamar third because he's on my mind, and they're playing him uh, this week. He's weekend gonna be a two time MVP and by they, the time he's twenty seven,
5: yes. or whatever he is. Yes.
3: So he's awful good. good. Yeah. So, you know. That's three. I know. And, um, you know, you got to go Justin Field. No. <laughs> I, I would. Um,
5: I, my, my other two are, are, are Josh Herbert and Josh Allen. Justin Herbert yeah, and Josh Allen.
3: I, I don't know about Josh Allen. And I don't know about Justin Herbert. I think, I think C.J. Stroud is he's, in my top five. He's probably six or based seven. Based on me. one yeah. year. I think he's that good. Uh, who am I missing? I'm missing everyone. Not I, really. You're I, not I missing anybody. Dak missing could somebody. come in the next five. No. No, I'm down on Dak. Trevor Lawrence. No. I'm down on Dak. Stafford, Tua. Brock
5: Jaylen Purdy. Hurts. Oh, come on. Brock Purdy.
2: Yeah, I mean, what, I when what happened Hurst to is what happened outside. to Jalen Hurts in like one calendar year, right?
3: Yeah, they're, they're I, mean, looking, I mentioned Hurts; he's, he's not top five. Him. He's but, not top five, but, I, but I'm saying, but yeah. he
2: he went from he went from being in the top five to mm. being, you know, arguably in the top ten now. Well, he, he one year makes a hurt. huge difference. I
5: think he was hurt. Right. The injuries factor in right. a lot, and he had some pouty receivers and some other stuff got in the way. I, yeah, Jalen Hurts is top ten quarterback. But my point is, my point. He's he's Justin a Herbert's a top player. five talent. Mm-hmm.
2: Based what? on based on the back of the on the football card again, or what? what, what based on what? He's on pace to be like the NFL's all time leading passer. Okay, I believe. Okay, is that? But is that because and you look at Dustin? If you, if you garbage know his stats, garbage stats? No, I don't, don't care. Meaning stats? You watch They're the tape. They're always coming from behind. I watch
5: the tape. The eye in the sky doesn't lie.
2: He's you watch a top the five all 20, You watch the all twenty two. <laughs> what do?
5: You, what do you want? You, you doubting me watching the Justin Herbert highlights or tape? I don't know. I got to tell
3: you, it makes me feel like there's not great quarterbacks in the league when when I when I fizzle to name five off the top of my head and then you start naming guys to be on the list. Then you're and going, my reaction nah, is like, right? nah, no. You,
1: you could be a one-year wonder and end up in the top, top five.
3: five. So you, you, just could, you could be, you know, if if uh, Brock Purdy were better, he'd be in the top five based on the year he had. No, we
5: wouldn't. If he were better. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. If he were big. better in the if, playoffs. Yeah. If he were better. And there well, was if, weather in that game. Exactly.
3: Hi, the weather. Don't, don't, I'm giving him, him an excuse. Right.
2: No, they were talking about him as an MVP. That, that's like three weeks ago. All right.
5: I'm going to go a back to what ago? I said.
2: And Josh Allen's going to make $40 million next year.
5: Wow. That, that's, a, that's, that's interesting. Unrelated to any argument. Um, what, what what difference is so, that? Make? I said he's a top five talented most most talented well, quarterbacks if, in the league. If
2: you take four, if you take forty million dollars of the salary cap, it makes a ton of difference, David. Okay, when you're building a roster and one guy is eating up forty million in change, it's a big I'm deal. I'm not talking
5: about the most paid, highly paid. I'm talking about the most talented.
1: So you have him right at five, David, or do you have him four? Or? I
5: think he's between. He's got him behind Josh he's four or five. I think my top 3 because Lamar Jackson had the kind of year that he has you have to give him the respect he deserves and I have Mahomes and Burrow clearly one and two Lamar Jackson 3 Herbert and then Allen
3: I got I got um, I got Herbert about 7 or 8 okay he's in the top 10 because of his arm talent but you know quarterbacks got to win man Bottom line how is you,
5: judge you you're Jim Harbaugh you're looking at that is he good enough Yes, he's good enough. And Jim Harbaugh believes he's the guy that can take him over the top, they can win a championship in LA. I I don't think that Jim Harbaugh is somebody I would argue with right now when he makes that contention. (laughs) He's a great coach. He's not a good coach. He is a great coach. And Hmm. he has a great quarterback. And he has a left tackle. And he will build a pass rusher. He will build a a defense that that is impactful. Defense would be good in that division which yeah, is winnable keep an eye on the chargers that that franchise is revived right now
3: yeah I, I think it's i think it's a pity joe burrow got hurt i hope he's back and up and running for next year
5: i hope that I hope that this is. I isn't, just like watching that guy play. I, I fear that this isn't the last season that we're going to say that about Joe Burrow. Oh, I
3: think he may get hurt, uh, but just, I think
5: he could still win a title before he gets hurt again. I think Joe Burrow can win a title. I do. Same reasons for Justin Herbert. And, and this is all underscoring the, the main point, the subtext to every conversation in Chicago this offseason. Yes, you need quarterback. What, why are we saying this about the Chargers? Why do you say that about the Bengals? Why do you think that about the teams that are in that top
3: five list? Because they have the guy,
5: the if
4: guy.
3: If I'm saying like, nah, meh, meh, what do I think of Jordan Love? You know that guy closed the season as good as anybody. Yeah, and he, was real good right up to the point where he's he threw top a half pick. of the league. Oh, he's he's in the top half of the league. I don't know if he's top ten. I think he's top half. I, if he's not top ten, he's headed there. Yeah, I agree. And with I mean that.
5: beyond this year, that based on the second half of the season and the playoffs, no doubt about that. That's that's
3: gonna be a problem. Hey, if you were, if we had a draft right now, of quarterbacks, and just for next year, snorts and giggles, we all get to pick a quarterback to be our starter next year. I think that um, this might go differently than the way we list it, because I think there's there's we'll look at teams and we'll look at again, you know, without a doubt in the top 10 is Brock Purdy and as we've talked about you know that team is not dependent on him that team might be able I, to win as much better I, more
5: i know it's split hairs else. but we're talking about the difference between most talented and most valuable and when Brock Purdy is has a job description he is he is of most value when he fulfills the details of his job description which isn't asking him to be Justin Herbert or be Josh Allen or be Lamar Jackson, just don't get his beat.
3: And, then, I, right.
5: and he's efficient, but he's not explosive. No,
3: no. And, but I think if we're choosing the quarterback, we're also looking at the team. I, I also think this conversation makes me believe that you might be able to get a first-round pick for uh, Justin Fields after all. Because there are a lot of teams that are in need of an upgraded quarterback. If if I'm struggling to get five or ten, what do I do when I'm looking for I don't think it's as hard to get to ten, as you think.
5: I I think that maybe, maybe if you're looking at the teams in the bottom between 16 and 25, yeah, they may be... Looking for a quarterback, but I just, I still don't think it's a first-round draft pick they're going to get for Justin Fields.
3: Uh, I never felt that way, but yeah. I'm saying as we're talking about it, we're sitting here, you know, he won't uh, be hard to trade. Here's the other thing: all these guys that are coming out in the draft, like how many of them are really good? How many of them in every draft are really good? You got to take the chance that uh, if you're a team looking for a quarterback,
5: the the, the answer is going to be the the guy that we pick. Because there are going to be four quarterbacks probably going the first 15, 16 picks.
3: Which is, which is crazy. Because some of those guys don't belong there. It happens every year, though. I know it happens every year. Look I, at the 2021 I, you draft. You create a player. You create hope based on, you
5: know, you see what you want to see at is, is times.
3: the 2021 draft the field draft? Yeah. Okay. How the, many were first-rounders? Three, four, five? Five first-rounders. And how many are worth it? Trevor Lawrence. Maybe Justin. He's the second one.
5: He'll be a starter for the longest time. The second, the second longest period uh, of starting you know, for, for those quarterbacks in that draft. It'll be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and then Zach the three Wilson's other guys.
3: Gone, done yeah. the,
1: the, Didn't you guys mention this earlier if Justin Lance, Fields was in definitely. this draft?
3: Like yeah. where would he place ahead of the yes. quarterbacks that's out that's, now? That's a really good question because that's what the Bears have to ask themselves.
5: Well, I don't know that he would be higher than third.
3: So who are the two ahead of him? Drake May and Caleb Williams. I think, I honestly, right now, saying this right now, I think that Drake May might be the third quarterback taken. Good. I be. think that Jaden Daniels is going to have, like, a good workout. He's going to look good. People are going to go back and look at that tape, and he may move ahead of him. That could be. Yeah. Because Drake May... You know he has all the measurables. He has, I mean, he's got it. You know, if you're putting together the prototype of what do you want a quarterback to look like, does he have all the plays? Mm-hmm. Does he have the tape? Does he have the kind of what would you call it, the riz? Right? Is that what they call it? I, it's like the charisma. What is riz? Charisma, <laughs> yeah. But more kind he's of got sex that. appeal. He definitely's uh, got that. He does. I think, you know,
5: you can make an argument a second or third. It's hard to say. I, I don't know that Justin Fields would be ahead of any of those three guys if you're looking at potential and, and you know, building a quarterback for the
3: future. One of them's going to stink. You're well, not going to get all three of them doing well.
7: Unlikely. I think,
3: yeah. I think, you know, Penix going into the, the, the playoff, you thought this guy could really move up, you know, his injury history. Potential his is a
5: lot more easy to fall in love with than the production of having 38 NFL starts and being able to see right. the, the flaws exposed. And right. we're able exactly. to see, yeah, Justin Fields' body of work has exposed some of the shortcomings that we in Chicago have seen way so too you, often.
3: So, so you don't expect them to trade the pick?
5: I don't think, expect the Bears to trade the number one overall pick. Okay. Not at all. Yeah. No, and I don't think it's a hard decision. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah.
3: I think you should use it and upgrade, but I, I what think do I know?
5: We'll, we'll make it sound like a difficult decision because you have to explore all the possibilities. But when you look at the way people view the potential of a quarterback that they draft, and you look at all of the examples that we cited this morning in the first 22 minutes of the show about what happens when you have a special guy, it's not that
3: hard. I think it's very interesting – the idea that we've seen quarterbacks, um, Eli Manning, John Elway, try to determine where they go and try to pick where they don't want to go. And both those guys end up winning Super Bowls. So are you going to back down? If, I, you know what I mean? I think that's a really interesting question. the The Bears are trying to decide if they like some of these character things and some of the – what if – what if it, it's the other way? What if they're being as judged as they are doing the judging? How would they handle that? It's a very interesting – just the idea of it would be um, something that I think they'd struggle with. Yeah, I,
5: I don't think that's very realistic, though. I, I just don't think if you're Caleb Williams, you're looking at – that. You, you may have those feelings, but I just don't know how you would pursue that. I, it's it's a lot to think. You know, you're not going to play in Chicago. Why wouldn't you play in Chicago? Why wouldn't you look at this market? Why wouldn't you look at the opportunities? Yeah, maybe. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be some. I don't think that's going to be a story that we're going to be talking about.
3: I I don't either. I'm just saying. While we're looking at possibilities and we're looking at whether you want to move down, whether you want to use your assets, whether you want to. You know, people are are speculating on this stuff all the time. You know, what if what if you're not as popular as you think you are? What if you ask that girl to prom and she says no?
7: I
5: don't know how you say no if you're Caleb Williams. What does that mean? You know, you're going to force a trade. Well, I, I
3: guess that's a storyline that would we'd have to explore. But it it's just another way of looking at it, just right. turning it around a little bit. That's all. All right, we got to get to the stories of the day. We're going to pick apart everything that happened, and we'll do that next with the pick six. Mully and Haw, the score. It's Pick
1: 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts
2: now. How complicated are you feeling about Jim Harbaugh actually returning to the NFL as the head coach of the L.A. Chargers? Why didn't the Bears interview the guy? Would you rather have Matt Eberfuss or Jim Harbaugh? Why do the Bears prefer it the other way?
3: Yeah, these are good questions to contemplate on this morning because, um, you know, the Bears didn't even contact him apparently. Right? Isn't that what they said, that nobody talked to him? Coach at Michigan yeah okay i know he was but they had that news conference announcing he'd already finished the season at michigan he's a coach at michigan Uh uh-huh was that what they said he's a coach at michigan okay um not anymore he's now the coach of uh, the chargers and it's a pity that you didn't have a conversation with him because he's an upgrade fact of the matter is he's an upgrade he's a a guy that won a, just won a championship in college, a guy that got to the title game with the Niners when he was coaching in the NFL. Um, I get it. I understand that he's a difficult uh, guy to be around, and he probably would have made a lot of people uncomfortable. I think that's a that would be a good thing. I was kind of hoping that Kevin Warren might be that guy, but I haven't seen that at all. So I think that... Um, It's a really good question. Why why didn't they want him? Why didn't they talk to him? Where is their ambition? I get it. People create relationships and, you know, you're both agents of the same guy, all that stuff. I understand what's going on in the world. People like the job they have. They don't want someone coming in and changing it on them. It's a complicated business, but I do feel like the Chargers have a better coach than the Bears today.
2: Let's see how Jim Harbaugh does in the AFC West. Very competitive. David's shaking his head if you're watching on (laughs) Twitch. Um, But should the Bears have talked to him? Of course they should have talked to him. But as soon as they talked to him and then they didn't hire him – the reason they didn't talk to him is because they had no intention of hiring him. And part of that reason, I believe, is, and it was <sighs> it, when it was brought up in the past, the president of the Bears does not like Jim Harbaugh. They, they know, he knows Jim Harbaugh. Just like he said, he knows Matt Eberflus. He knows Jim Harbaugh. You know who else doesn't like Jim Harbaugh? The McCaskies. You know, they don't, they don't like head coaches being the stars. They don't want a head coach being the guy. It's all about Jim. They don't. They don't like that. And and we still need to see. We've seen five years. Has anybody seen a dollar figure? It's got to be fifteen million a year, right? Got to be. Bears are worth what? Seven billion. Okay, that doesn't mean you're going to pay fifteen. Money million. should be no
3: object.
5: I didn't
2: years. say it should be, but money is no. We're asking about as soon as you interview him, that means you should have hired him. They didn't want him. Let, let's see us let, let, let's, let, let's, let's see how good he does in the AFC that, West. No, it doesn't matter. Right now,
5: all that matters is that Jim Harbaugh was the most qualified, best head coaching candidate this offseason available. And he was available. Your personal feelings cannot interfere with your professional judgment. And that's exactly, I think, what happened here. You had an opportunity, a rare opportunity, to upgrade at the most important position on your staff, in your building and you didn't and you talked yourself out of it this isn't about matt eberflus any more than the cubs going to craig council was about david ross ross he's a great guy good manager capable competent matt eberflus good guy could probably be capable can maybe be competent a lot of more questions than david ross but you have a chance to upgrade with the best available head coaching candidate and you passed don't talk to me about Ryan Poles' power structure and what he didn't do and why he needed – you had a chance to get somebody that would have represented bold ambition. You had a chance to be great. Now you're settling for good. This is on Kevin Warren. I thought he was the guy mm. to come here and to redefine what ambition was, what championship you know, uh, organizations look like. This is on him. He's 0 for 1. Got a stadium to find, but he's 0 for 1. He didn't even get the, his bat off his shoulder. Didn't even take a swing. To me, that's going to that's gonna be something that's hard to forget. And that, to me, is a result that does not match the rhetoric. This was a missed opportunity for the Chicago Bears.
6: The second question, 100%.
2: I believe that's the voice of Dan Weeder. He's here at 725 this morning with Mully and Haw. Can you believe that the Dolphins and Vic Fangio have mutually parted ways after one year? Is he now a lock for Philadelphia, even at the tender age of 65? Is he a better D.C. than the Bears' own Matt Eberflus, whose ability in that area saved his head coaching career, at least for a year?
5: Well, I think if you're making a list of top defensive coordinators in the NFL, like we were making a list of top quarterbacks. Vic Fangio's in your top two or three. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. You look at his age and you look at his experience and you look at his success, he makes an impact wherever he goes. Now, I don't know what went into the decision to leave Miami. It could have been a bad fit. He could have been uncomfortable. We know that he gets, I don't want to say set in his ways, but he certainly has a routine. He did in Chicago. Remember, it made it hard for him to leave. He wanted to – he had the same yep. sort of uh, people he, he dealt with, and he just he gets, falls into a pattern. The great coaches have their quirks and idiosyncrasies, and Vic Fangio is a great assistant coach. So don't know what went into the parting of the ways with the Dolphins. The Eagles are lucky to get him if he goes there. If I'm Jim Harbaugh and I'm putting together my new staff, I'm there making sure – I'm making sure that he wants to go to Philadelphia – Cause they have worked together and they have had success so a lot of time for Vic Fangio he does make an impact because he does a great job of fitting his scheme around the talent and when you do that you're going to win a lot and you're going to have great defenses and he knows what it takes to put a great defense together
2: you could do a lot worse than uh Vic Fangio as your uh, defensive coordinator I'm not shocked that things didn't work out down in Miami I think the Dolphins head coach is a very unique personality, and I'll be very curious to see who he gets paired with. And he's the offensive side of things, right? And, you know, Vic, Vic fancies himself as a head coach and a leader of men, and he has his own style as well. And I think there's a little new school, old school collision that didn't work down there. Um, it's a great hire for the Eagles. He, he's not going to let them not be tough enough. He's not going to let them not tackle. He's not going to let them not do the fundamentals. It's a good, good hire by the Eagles.
3: Yeah, I, I, I gotta tell you, I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's a really good coach. I think if you're putting together the list of the best defensive coaches, defensive coordinators in the league, he's at the top of the list. I, I don't. I think that's why they brought him to Miami and they gave him. Like the richest contract of any assistant, this is nuts to me. Um, they didn't have a great year, but they had tons of injuries on that defense. I I don't know why you wouldn't want him and you wouldn't stick with him. Um, it's a weird one to me, and and it you know the fact that it's mutually agreed upon. Do we know if he went to them and said, hey, I you know I really liked being here but I want to be with my family I'm getting older I'm contemplating retirement would, you know should we separate and go our own ways and they said yeah let's go I don't know how it worked but I know the guy's a hell of a coach and I think that it would be pretty wild um, we know Jim's bringing his defensive coordinator with him from Michigan but I, I agree with you it would be pretty wild if he got the team back together uh, in in L.A., second team in L.A., I almost said San Diego, with the Chargers. It's not that far, but I I think that would be wild. I think, um, you know, who knows? You you wind up at Philly how long until you become the interim head coach? Something to (laughs)
2: contemplate.
0: The pick six for Roquan Smith.
2: With the AFC favorite Ravens hosting the Chiefs this weekend while boasting a defensive star named Roquan Smith, who started his career here with the bears. Do you believe he'd still be in Chicago? If he had an agent Would Lamar Jackson, have been able to stay with the bears. Another guy without an agent. How will not having an agent impact Caleb Williams chances of being drafted by the Bears, since he too doesn't have an agent. (laughs) This This isn't a drinking game. This
3: is early. Okay. In the draft process. So. He could still hire an agent, but he said he's not going to hire an agent. He said he's going to do his own negotiation or have someone look over the contract, but he's going to basically put it together. We'll see. Um, most of these guys are in the process of getting an agent now, etc. Here's the thing. You know, the, the rookie salary cap is a real thing, and it will determine how much everyone makes. There's not a lot of wiggle room, I think. Uh, Bryce Young is on, like, a a four-year, $37.9 million contract. And he was the first overall pick last year. So you can expect him to get, a, you know, a, a $40 million, $42 million deal, and that will be it. So you don't really have to negotiate much. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. But it was a big deal with Roquan. I think if Roquan had an agent and the relationship had been better, he'd stay, he'd be here with the Bears. I think he's a really good player. And they were just in trade mode, and they couldn't come up with a resolution. I think that negotiation got personal. I think things got really personal in, uh, in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. That was a really tough negotiation. And you know who pulled them through it was the head coach. John Harbaugh never – gave up on the player, never let it get to a point where the kid wasn't coming back, and now they're in a championship game, probably booking their trip to the Super Bowl or a
2: four-point favor. Well, I think you need an agent, first of all. And I think teams are fine with players that don't have an agent because I think they believe they're going to get the better of the deal with the player who is, quote-unquote, representing – himself again Roquan's a really nice player Roquan Smith was a luxury item the Bears could not afford at this time he has definitely helped the Ravens but watching the Ravens over the last couple of weeks end of their regular season what's L22 no I I, again David I don't have access to the L22 I don't know about you but I can't afford the L22 view (laughs) um Roquan does the same things he did. He, he has a lot of wows, but he also has a lot of like, you know, for a hundred million dollar line, middle line. You should have made that play. They're comparing him to Ray Lewis in Baltimore. I think they're. I think they're comparing his leadership on the defensive. I don't think they're.
3: No, he's a Pro Bowl player. He's been no, real. They're, good. They're, he's I, an all Pro linebacker. They're he's not comparing
2: his play on yes, the field. They are. Okay. Dustin. Listen, listen. No, D- David. Here, if I were to buy you a Christmas present. Would you rather have a Jim Harbaugh Chargers hat, or would you rather have a Lamar or a, a Roquan Smith zero uh, T-shirt from the I Ravens, would want a Lamar. I, w-
5: I would want a Roquan zero jersey with some Jim Harbaugh khaki pants.
2: Lula they would lemon, go well he's together. He's a Lululemon guy now, so it okay. fits right.
5: Good. Yep. He should be a Flag and Anthem guy yeah, now. Yeah, Flag and Anthem can get him. Some- we khaki. need to get him some pants. We should just send him. To- <laughs> I don't know if Roquan Smith having an agent would have changed Ryan Pohl's insistence that that's not a premium position. I almost think it came down to that. Maybe a savvy agent could have persuaded the Bears, like, yeah, you don't want to lose this guy because you know what? He's an all-pro talent that you drafted and developed, and you want to keep those guys in the building. To me, it's always going to be a mistake that they let him go. Always. Always. But he's moved on. I'm happy for Roquan Smith. He's an easy guy to like. He's an easy guy for most of us to like. <laughs> Lamar Jackson not having an agent turned out to be good for him, but I think he's the exception to the rule. Caleb Williams, I think, will get an agent. He is pretty savvy. He has some handlers, with whether it's dealing with his NIL, with his statements. He has some handlers that understand, I think, how to navigate the, what he's getting into. So I do believe he will eventually come to the conclusion that it makes more sense for him. And he has, in his statement, been pretty at least savvy enough to say it would be an honor for him to play anywhere. So I don't know that that's an issue yet. It will be potentially, if he doesn't have an agent, it would be unorthodox to have the number one overall pick not have an agent. But give me that jersey, Dustin. I would wear it on Super Bowl Sunday if the Ravens are in the Super Bowl, but I don't think they're going to get there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a a a big question.
3: That was a a nice hint there. Save it till tomorrow.
2: All right, guys. What's the best single offense and defensive unit left in these playoffs, and what player would you like to have on each side of the ball if he could pick just one?
5: I think I'd want the Ravens' defense. I think I'd want the Ravens' defense. That's the number one unit. But I I hesitate there, and I think on offense it's, it's the 49ers. The one player. The one player on each side of the ball. I mean, you know, it, it seems a little bit silly. Uh, not, not, it's not silly to say Mahomes because I think with Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, the MVP, I still would have more, more confidence that Mahomes is going to make some sort of play in the fourth quarter to lead his team because I keep going back to that. It's going to be hard to get out of my head this week. We are in the midst of greatness, and whatever Patrick Mahomes does – you want to save her because it's one of those Jordan-esque type runs that he is on so i would say mahomes and defensively give me aiden hutchinson because i think he's the best defensive player with with apologies to roquan smith fans out there dustin i think that aiden hutchinson would be the guy
2: so these could be four different things then we could have the best yeah. offense the best defense then the best you, offensive and defensive players we're not necessarily four different things okay well i'm not giving it to you so, typically, I'm going to go against the grain here. Molly, you will be happy with my answer to a certain extent because I have to go out west to answer this question. The best offensive unit, because of the talent, top to bottom, is the 49ers. The best defensive unit, because of all their assets, is the 49ers. I would want Christian McCaffrey, if I could have anybody, he he finds the end zone Every single game, he is a stud. Okay, you want to talk about a stud in San Francisco, and and he's a flag and anthem guy. That's just a whole other hippie cowboy. Okay, hippie cowboy. I I like the hippie cowboy gear. Um, so that's my offensive side. On the defensive side, I love. I'm a big stance guy. How you get in your stance, a big deal. Young football player, you know, back in the day growing up watching baseball on on the Superstation, WGN and everything, and you'd hear Steve Stone, okay, for all you young baseball players out there. Okay, for all you young football players out there that have an inkling, you want to put your hand in the dirt, do it like the Bosa boy does for the 49ers. That guy, the way that guy gets off the ball, okay, you want to play, you want to watch an All-22, you want to watch a video of how to get off the ball, watch that guy. So all four of my uh, people in this answer reside in the Bay Area in San Francisco.
3: Oh, good. That's good stuff. And I and you're right about Christian McCaffrey. He does score a touchdown in every game he plays. I, I think, the, for me, it's the Ravens' defense. It's the Niners' offense. It is uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I will, for the defense, for this team, for what they have, I'm giving the Bears Aiden Hutchinson.
0: That's the, maybe the best question There might be better asking. guys,
3: but that's the guy I, I think they could use most right now, a relentless pass rusher opposite of relentless pass rusher.
2: That was the voice of Doc Rivers. Will there be a trade in the NBA before the deadline that will have any more impact on the league's balance of power than the Bucks firing the original coach, Adrian Griffin, and bringing in the doctor, Doc Rivers?
3: This is a huge move, man. I mean, this is like a really big moment in the league it's a big moment for doc you know he's had you look at him in game 7s and they haven't always gone his way and he's had trouble you this is a win the title or it's not a success moment if they win the title it's cuz they hired the right guy if they don't win the title then this is a failure this was a bad move um that's it that that is an awful way to judge someone, whether or not they win a championship. But I think that's why they made the move, and that's what this is about. I do not believe there will be any player traded that has as much impact as swapping out coaches on a 30-13 team.
2: Well, we saw last night that the Greek freak had a triple-double, so he must approve of this move. Keep the Greek freak happy, and good things can happen north of the Cheddar Curtain. They
5: were thirty and thirteen when they made this move, so I think he had a lot of triple doubles. I think this was move a move made for May and June more than it was made for January and February. But they had to make it. I don't think there will be a trade. There's not going to not going to tell me Deontay Murray being traded to the Lakers or Zach Levine going to the Kings or anything else that you can come up with in a trade rumor. A lot of teams in the East have been active. You saw with uh, Terry Rogier going to the Heat and then cutting loose Kyle Lowry, a guy that has you know, speculated maybe the Bulls would take a look at. None of those moves are as seismic as what the Bucks did and impactful on the Eastern Conference. Doc Rivers makes the Bucks feel like they have a chance to win it all. And it also represents what we were talking about in the first question. It's a cutthroat business. Pro sports are cutthroat. Adrian Griffin, great guy made $4 million a year to coach the Bucs. That was his contract and the terms, and they upgraded. After 43 games, they upgraded because they weren't getting it done. They were eyeing a championship, and they thought Doc Rivers was available, so now was the time to move. Doc Rivers will be the biggest acquisition pre-trade deadline of any team in the league. You
4: know, I've been asked that question before.
2: How big of a game was last night's Illinois-Northwestern game over in Evanston? At what point do you start paying close attention to who's good in college basketball?
5: I don't know if it's too early or too late. It's about the right time. Right around February, you start to, like, turn your attention a little bit as football dwindles and gets to the end of the season. Last night was a great college basketball game, though. Last night looked like March because when you have – An overtime game, 96-91. Boo-Booey looking like an NBA guard, the Mm -hmm. best player on the floor, in the clutch, 29 points, great atmosphere in Evanston, tough place to play for Illinois. Yeah, that was a big win for Chris Collins and company, who looked like a tournament team. Certainly Illinois being 10th in the country, you get a victory like that. And it's historic. I think it's the first time they beat a top 10 Illinois team lot of years like decades so i have to check out the history they made but it was another big moment for northwestern and uh they're fun to watch that was a great big 10 game and i think now you start to pay attention because purdue looks like a final four team but then it's like yeah everybody else and you start to wonder how many teams could be in, in the final four who are in the top 25 right now
2: it was a fun watch last night um the uh Student section from Northwestern was really giving it to a certain player on the Illini last night. This is the time that I really start digging in. My, my Saturdays have been freed up now. Uh, no college football, no NFL. So Saturday's got a big, big day. I like watching that uh, pregame show on the four-letter network, get you informed on what's been happening since you uh, last started watching. And listen, you got to get ready to fill out the brackets. The madness is coming.
3: Yeah, um I I've been watching more college basketball. Um I watched Texas beat Oklahoma cuz I just want to see Porter and um I watched I watched Loyola when they're on. Um but I've been I find myself sitting in front of games more and and I did uh I did end up um taping this one so I can watch it cuz I didn't stay up the whole way. I started to get a little tired and I was going to go to bed. And just didn't feel like we were going to talk as much about it. it. Ended up being a great finish. And I looked into it this morning. I might go home and spend overtime some time. Overtime was with great. Them. Yeah, no. But the overtime was boo Booy hitting the three. They, they just kind of, they really surged to open the can, overtime.
5: Can I have a ruling on the uniforms? Are, are we liking the Northwestern uniforms? Because it's. I think it's a nod to Chicago. Chicago's
3: Big Ten team, maybe with the design. Do we like those? Terrence Shannon Jr. started for the first time since his suspension. That was, he's back in the starting lineup. I believe he finished with 12 points. Uh, there was a really big play late in the game where there was a, um, a, a, a foul on him, a violent foul as he was going to the basket. He hit the free throws, But as Dustin says... The crowd was digging at him mercilessly, and it did it did make you wonder how this will impact him uh, going forward. Because they, they gave him the business with the different things they were chanting, and he did not play a good game. I, I
5: had a couple turnovers.
3: Yeah, I I, I I just think that it's it's a tough position for everyone. Do you tell the kids in the stands, "Hey, knock it off," or? Does it work? And do you say, well, that's what happens when you get in these situations. It was just rough. And I don't know the answer to it. I'm very uncomfortable with the story. It is an uncomfortable
5: story. I think Illinois is making a choice. And when you make a choice to start him, play him, and and do what they feel like they have to do with him, some of these things are outside of their control after that. Yeah. fans were merciless well the the students at a basketball game yeah and smart
3: people at a basketball game come are you up saying stuff. that greg popovich might have t- grabbed the microphone and lectured the crowd i don't i don't think he would have i don't know if you can that's what i'm saying i don't know what what i don't know what you're when people are kind of i i don't i mean listen i is it is it true is it not true the guy has been accused of something he hasn't been tried you're chanting things at him over the charges can you tell people don't do that I mean is that is that bad sportsmanship is it mean spirited yeah yeah but you know people it's hard to get control of a crowd they can do what they want at games can't they or can't they I. I it's a good question to there. some
5: degree it's like Should trying
3: someone have done that it, to
5: some degree, it's like trying to react to what goes on in social media. You know, exactly. Yes, we saw exactly. the social media attacks and the Bills kicker earlier in the week, and it's bad, and nobody would recommend no. or encourage
3: that. But they don't talk about do it in the game. It? You know, you don't talk, hey, the crowd's really getting on Terrence Shannon. You don't do that. So unless you're there or you're Dustin and you're listening closely uh, and you're monitoring social media about what's being said,
5: which most people do these days.
3: Of course they do. If you're watching the game, you're
5: understanding what's being circulated on social media, and you had a sense of what was going on there.
3: Anyway, and but, no, you know, congrats to Northwestern. is another really big win for them. They beat Purdue. They did have that Chicago State loss, but I bring that up. Still not crazy about the uniforms. All right, we've got the extra point next. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Set
2: up this extra point.
3: It's time for the
1: Extra Point with Mully and Ha on 670 The Score.
2: You feel like it's a lock that Michigan will hire Sharon Moore as the replacement for Jim Harbaugh.
5: Oh, thank Coach Harbaugh, love you, man. love you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university,
0: best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man.
2: Is he the next man up after filling in so well during the season? Will Harbaugh raid the staff or leave more alone if he is indeed the replacement?
5: This could be the most emotional press conference that we've seen in some time. This is going to be (laughs) something that has every Detroit uh, media outlet uh, with a finger on the dump button ready to... (laughs) <laughs> ready to block out any sort of profanity that Sharon Moore may utter in his excitement. And he should be excited. This is a chance of an, and an opportunity of a lifetime. I don't think they will open it up. I don't think they will do a national search. And I don't think that in these rare circumstances, they need to unless they're looking to, you know, define their own version and, uh, of, of cutthroat. They go out and they open the job up. So many people would want it. It's one of the best jobs in America. Sharon Moore did it for several games and did it well. And we heard what happened when he when he led the the Michigan to to that victory over Ohio State. This is his job to lose. When it happens, it will give that sports market, the Detroit sports market, the state of Michigan, two of the most emotional head coaches. Dan Campbell and Sharon Moore. Are there any two guys? What a what a week! What a, <laughs> what a what a what a, a news cycle for for Michigan <laughs> sports. You've got the Lions days before the biggest game in franchise history. You've got Michigan coming off a national title. Jim Harbaugh leaving the program, wow. and everything, everything about football in the state. But I think Sharon Moore deserves a job and the rating of the staff, I don't think it's going to be that dramatic. It sounds like Jim Harbaugh is going to be taking Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator, Jay Harbaugh, his son, and special teams coordinator. Beyond that, I haven't seen many other reports, and I don't think Jim Harbaugh would do that to the program that he loved enough to go back to and win a national title for. So I don't think he's going to raid the the staff.
2: Stone cold lead pipe lock. Moore is the next head coach at the University of Michigan. No doubter. I bet you can't put money down that on that at any book out there. It, it's off the board because it's so right. obvious that this it's is what's lock. going yep. to happen. I, I mean, it, it, is it smart to bring your young defensive coordinator from Michigan to the NFL? I, I, he has been a background in the NFL. Yeah, he worked for John he, Robert, yeah. yeah. Again, it goes back to like. The difference is, I, I know that.
3: What's what's, it, what's your question?
5: What's I, the? Doubt? I don't have a
2: question. I had a statement.
3: You said, "Is it smart to bring in a college
2: coordinator to the
3: NFL?" Okay,
2: that's what you said, right? I, I'm. Well, you but you had a immediate, That's fine. I don't think it's a good idea. I think he's going to get overmatched. Okay. I don't think. I I think he needs. Who was? He, you know, the other part. I'm about, very
5: defensive about Jesse Minter. No, I'm very I'm defensive about you, I, being no, corrected nonstop. No, I I am just defensive about Jesse
2: Minter. That's all. I know you like him. I like him. Okay. I like the family. I've known him since he was five years old. And I'm still waiting for him to be on the score. Okay. <laughs> before he changes time <laughs> zones. Before he changes time zones, David, let's get uh, him on let's get right, him on the station beautiful. while he's packing up the office of Michigan. Enough. But Fair remember, we we in our pick six questions, we talked about the great Vic Fangio. Mm. Who was Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator when they were great in San Francisco? Vic Fangio. Yep. No offense to your buddy Minter. He ain't Vic Fangio.
3: Well, let's have him on and ask him. Um. Yeah. I, I look, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a lock. I think he's going to be the new head coach. I love that story during the season. His, you know, I, I mean, It was such a football reaction. It was so emotional, that that Penn State game, and they win that game, and he just breaks down. It's a lot of responsibility. You knew if you don't win that game, you're not getting to the national championship. You know that there are so many teams uh, in the Big Ten. That's an important game for you, and he oversaw it. He did a great job. Coaching that game and they ran the hell out of the ball. I think I I think uh, it was just a fantastic moment in a season where you know he had a he, it was th- a three game suspension late in the season and he oversaw that and he that was the first one and he was incredibly emotional about it and then he got himself together he didn't break down again after that so I I loved it I just thought it was authentic and I thought it was really wonderful and he seems like the kind of guy who can relate to players, and uh, and hopefully he'll continue their, uh, their recruiting. Um, you know, things change when, you, when in all these programs. You, you know, Jim Harbaugh uh, had done as well as anyone since Urban Meyer, is what they were saying. And Urban Meyer leaves Ohio State and Ryan Day steps in, and he's done a really good job. The question is, he's lost to Michigan, so can he beat Michigan now? That that uh, Jim is gone. It, it's just a, and it, and it took Jim a while to get to that point it where did. he started beating yeah. uh, Ohio State, but now he's beating them. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to see what goes on uh, with the Big Ten, especially with the the new schools coming in and things are gonna be different. I'm um, I'm fascinated by the storyline. I think we got to get to a point where. Not every team has to be undefeated in order to compete. And we are getting there. We're gonna get there. We're expanding with twelve this. teams. Twelve teams is necessary because there's gonna be a lot of teams with one loss or two losses. That's what happens when you when you get into these uh these this larger conference, more tougher games, et cetera. It's gonna be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see what happens at Michigan. And I think that you're right. I think the coordinator, defense coordinator is the only guy he's stealing. Because I think this guy takes over and keeps most of the guys on the staff. Continuity.
5: Yeah. I I also would just to add to the Dustin's point and not, not to be defensive about it, but Mike McDonald is a guy who's highly regarded on the Ravens staff. Yes. He is somebody who was at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. That's right. Went to Baltimore, had some background in the NFL. Similar type of path, and look at that success. Mike McDonald interviewing for head coaching jobs now.
3: The 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 brothers have traded off on different coaches they have. at different times. That's yeah. happened. Yeah, they're that's, very it's th- a
5: family family business. You know, you kind of share your resources at times, or at least you trust the recommendations. You know what they're like to work with,
3: and in coaching, as you know, that's a huge thing, no doubt about it. No, I think it's it's all good all the way around here for uh for Michigan I think they'll be okay let's put it that way they're gonna miss this guy there's no doubt about it and he carries a lot of gravitas I'm sure in the room when he's recruiting but um I I think this is a good hire I think they'll be okay three one two 644 67 that is the telephone number we'll be back with your calls mully and Hawn the score
4: well, that coach
0: harbaugh
4: love you man.
3: Molly and Ha, Chicago Sports Radio, 6'7 seven of the score. was a highlight of the season. That's when you really got into the kind of Michigan against everybody thing, and uh, it was just fun. And they had a phenomenal season. Um, and now Harbaugh gets out. No one's going to be telling him what he can and can't do, and no one's going to be uh, the NCAA. It's not monitoring yeah, it can everything that he does. now. Yes,
5: there still might be tears in Ann Arbor over him leaving. Well, a lot of people concerned about the maintenance of the program now that he's leaving it. A lot of people might be happy that they won't have to deal with some of the distractions. I don't think you're ever, ever going to be happy about maybe losing one of the greatest coaches in your history and somebody who did for Michigan what Jim Harbaugh did for the program. Now they've got to. Now they've got a, you know this very popular Sharon Moore right now the idea of him succeeding Jim Harbaugh. We talked we talked last week about wanting to be the guy that replaces the legend or you want to be the guy that replaces, replaces the guy the, yeah. that replaces the legend. Yeah. I, it's a I, big one. I, it's a big it's a big, big job ask. and especially, a big ask
3: especially coming off a championship. Right? I mean if you had somehow fizzled out and things didn't go your way, it'd be an easier job. To
5: Remember take. what we said about their schedule next year? Yeah. Remember when we were looking at oh, that, yeah. looking ahead? Yeah. They've got six games that are marquee matchups. They've got Washington in a rematch. They've got all – they always play Ohio State. It's going to be very, very difficult for Sharon Moore to come in and maintain that level, and that level would be top five – Top 10? I I don't know. And they're losing J.J. McCarthy.
3: Yeah, of course. And Blake Corum. of course, he's a great player. Corum was key to their season, this great season. Harbaugh's
5: getting out at the right time. He knows that this was the ideal time. Anybody, Anybody watching this and understanding this
3: knows that this was going to happen. You could have anticipated it, Kevin Warren. Here is the statement from Jim Harbaugh my love for michigan playing there coming back to coach there that it leaves a lasting impact i will always be a loyal wolverine i'm remarkably fortunate to have afforded the, to have been afforded the privilege of coaching at places where my life's journey has created strong personal connections for me from working as an assistant coach at western kentucky alongside my father jack And time as an assistant with the Raiders to the head coach at USD, University of San Diego, Stanford, the 49ers, and Michigan. Each of these opportunities carried significant um, significance. Each felt personal. When I played for the Chargers, the Spanos family could not have been more gracious or more welcoming. Being back here feels like home. It's great to see that those things haven't changed. The only job you start at the top. Is digging a hole. Uh, the um, that's the first job he's saying. So we know we're going. We've got to earn our way. Be better today than yesterday. Be better tomorrow than today. My priorities are faith, family, and football. And we're going to attack each with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. This organization is putting in the work, investing capital, building infrastructure, doing everything within its power to win. Great. Effort equals great results. We're just getting started. That's on brand.
5: That's definitely Jim Harbaugh. And people will look at that and say, how do you attack your faith, family, and football? Well, this is who he is, and he's unapologetic. So I think that's the way you want your football coach to sound. It was everything from Harbaugh you expected, except for him encouraging people to drink milk and eat steak. (laughs) 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 This is totally – uh, this is this is vintage Harbaugh in this opening statement and if you're a Chargers fan and and I know they don't have the, they don't have maybe the most passionate or long-standing fan base but if you are a Chargers fan you wake up this morning energized oh yeah, that, and excited you're
3: very pumped up at the idea of it pumped. And, and and the reality is you know I don't know how many fans are Chargers fans I mean they, they right. are the second team in LA you know, his presence will give them a lot more gravitas than they had. A lot more pride. And I think that from a Michigan perspective, they're, I mean, look, we have a texter saying this like like Pete Carroll leaving USC. Well, it's not quite like that because the NCAA had a lot of power and they were going to come down and do all sorts of stuff. This is just a headache averted for Harbaugh and, and a guy that gets a chance to continue to do what he does and not have people breathing down his neck about it, et cetera. The emotional
5: attachment between Jim Harbaugh and Michigan, I think was, yeah, you could say is greater because it's his alma mater than it was between Pete Carroll and USC. Right. That was a business relationship. Jim Harbaugh left family. I think you, if you consider the Michigan family, and he's such a big part of it, that's what emotionally was probably more difficult. But the comparison of being, you know, Staying one step ahead of the NCAA posse, or whatever uh, Pete Carroll did when he went from the USC to Seattle, Jim Harbaugh is doing from going to Michigan to to the Chargers makes sense. I'm wondering if Roger Goodell will have anything to say about this because there is precedent, isn't there? But didn't he discipline Jim Trestle at one point in time when Trestle was a consultant for the Colts and he was coming off in Ohio State discipline i have to look into that. I don't think, Jim, I don't think Roger Goodell will do anything. I'm not sure he should do anything, but I wonder if he will consider it.
3: Should he not have, like, a word of warning about, you know, the way that you're monitoring other teams' practices, et cetera? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not being mean. I'm Advanced just scouting's allowed in the NFL, though. Uh, well, but, I mean, there, you can't do. You
5: can't do the video secret videotaping. <laughs> I- there will be no Belichickian <laughs> well, type and, research, and it's
3: happened in the league. Yeah. So why not? Hey, you know, you you just call up. Hey, congratulations! You know, I don't have to say anything. That'd about be quite whatever. funny, actually. That'd be good, wouldn't it? I'd love. I they should do it like on a video, <laughs> a secret video. <laughs>
5: I got they an should iPhone. Secretly
3: tape it. They should be Roger Goodell being t- taped a,
1: a message <laughs> uh, on an iPhone.
3: Uh, that'd be awesome. All right, 312-644-6767, we're going to be back with your calls. Curious, uh, are the Bears did the Bears do all their due diligence? Do you feel like they, they got away with one here and they're headed in the right direction, everything's on the way up, or do you feel like why are they not being more ambitious? What do you think of watching people get hired and knowing that your team – won't be in the uh, in the business of hiring people until maybe next year. Mully and Haw, 312-644-6767. 6-7 is
7: the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
5: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy
4: Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the
5: fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Did, did you talk to Jim Harbaugh or his agent? And if not, why not? No,
3: I haven't talked to Jim. Ryan, why, why is He's this? coach of Michigan. Sorry. Right, did, did you, did, he was not a considerate, you, know, you, you did not see him as a... No, he, like I said, we're, we're going with Matt, and uh, I give you the reasons why. Um, I think go through, you know, I didn't I didn't go talk to anybody. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That is the voice of Ryan Pauls, and he was not looking for a head coach, so... Jim was the coach at Michigan, and uh, and he never contacted him. They never talked to him, a popular former player with the Chicago Bears. Um, kind of an interesting thing, they were going with Matt. And they were he, going with Matt. He gave the reasons why. Yeah. And because I, he's a man, and he does his job. <laughs> Every day he comes in, and he's a man.
5: Well, I think that he has a boss as well, and I think that's where – Today's the day we're talking about Jim Harbaugh taking the job with the Chargers because he got a job. He's, he's returning the to the NFL. NFL. Yeah, and he's returning to the NFL. And the time that 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 question was asked, he was still the coach at Michigan, and every team in the NFL knew that. That was dodging the question. This is this is what people can have their own reactions. This is what bothers me. I think this is on not Ryan Poles as much as Kevin Warren made a determination that they weren't interested in Harbaugh for whatever reason. Jim Harbaugh was the best available head coaching candidate, in my opinion, in the opinion of a lot of people out there. And this has really less to do with Matt Eberflus than it has to do with what your ambitions are and if you have a chance to upgrade. The Bears could have pursued Jim Harbaugh. They, if they do that, you better know you're going to get him. But I don't I don't know why we don't have any reporting or evidence or inclinations that we don't even have an inkling, Molly, that they pursued that or considered that. No. We have this answer. He's a coach at Michigan. And we have a lot of faith invested in Ryan Poles because if the suggestion is that, well, they couldn't work together because you couldn't usurp his power or whatever you want to, however you want to rationalize it or justify it. You passed on the best head coaching candidate available when you had an opportunity to upgrade coming off a 7-10 and season when you have the number one overall pick and a lot of reasons to feel optimistic about the future of the franchise. You just passed and missed out on an opportunity to upgrade the most important position in your building. Okay. You believe in Matt Eberflus? Okay. You believe in Ryan Poles? They better win.
3: That, well, I mean – Jim Harbaugh's going to win. Well, who's more likely to be fired in a year, Jim or Matt eberfluth And and I mean – It's a rhetorical question. Yes. It answers itself. So, I, I, I just wonder when you are looking at – again, we talk about timing. Um, we've talked about this idea that, you know, they like what they've seen on the defensive side of the ball, and that's, you know, the – the scandal, whatever way you want to put it, whatever happened where the, um, the coordinator is forced out, that ended up being the best thing that ever happened to Matt Eberflus because he became the coordinator, the defense improved, and that justifies bringing him back for another year. They had a convenient scapegoat uh, with the offensive coaches and um, got rid of them and now they've hired a new offensive coordinator he's putting his staff together presumably mm-hmm. the coach will have to rubber stamp any hires i, I don't think he's going to be very conventional um and then we'll see what happens next year um they got all these assets they could get significantly better i get it this will pass we'll be feel we'll
5: feel good about the bears again in a while i mean but this is a day that We both came to work today kind of like, eh, cranky about the fact that Jim Harbaugh is elsewhere. And and I think that you just – you're reminded coaching is a cruel profession. It can be. David Ross didn't deserve what happened to him. Craig Council – But why did it happen? Craig Council was considered an upgrade. They made him the highest-paid manager in baseball. That's right. Adrian Griffin probably didn't deserve what happened to him after 43 games. It's a different sport, but it's the NBA and it's coaching. He was fired for Doc Rivers. Why? It's an obvious upgrade. If you're Matt Eberflus, if you're a fan of him, if you respect him, and I do respect him, you can make the argument that the Bears are going to be just fine eventually once they get all these things that we talked about in place. But today you're wondering, in a cruel profession, why they passed up a chance to upgrade when they have a president that talks so ambitiously. If you're going to talk the talk, back it up. This was a swing and a miss for Kevin Warren because he didn't back up
3: the big talk. No. Nope. They didn't. Yeah, and again, it doesn't mean the Bears can't get better. It doesn't mean. But they, you know, they they lost 10 games, man. I mean, are we all paying attention to what's <laughs> happening? You go into a news conference and the takeaway is, you know, they are on the way up. Look at how they come. They, they lost Ten games, and the two teams ahead of them in the division, and they're tied with Minnesota. Technically, Minnesota uh, could be ahead of them if they re-sign their quarterback, I would say. But you look at where they're at, and they're in fourth place. They, I get it. They They had the same record as Minnesota, but Minnesota technically ahead of them because they had an easier schedule than the Vikings. So – There are reasons to feel like the Bears are going to get better. Yeah, but and they got young guys that are good. But they're last in their division. They're fourth. They're not. They're They're, not taking the north and never giving it up. There's no reason to
5: think that they're anything but the worst team in their division right now. That's what they are. Now,
3: so so don't you know? Don't smile and tell me it's it's not raining.
5: There are reasons to believe that Ryan Poles is a good talent evaluator. There are reasons to believe that this defense with Matt Eberflus is going to take a step and give them a chance to compete for a playoff spot next year. There are reasons to believe that Caleb Williams is going to come in here and do for the
3: Bears what C.J. Stroud did for the Texans. We can get behind those things. Sure. Just not today. No, not this morning, sadly. 3 one Jamal is in Orland Park. Hey, Jamal.
7: How you guys doing? Good. All uh, right. You, you know what? Maybe, maybe the Bears just aren't as enamored with Jim Harbaugh as you guys are or as some, fan, some, some fans are. I mean, he, he's right. a good coach. Uh, he hasn't won anything in the NFL. Well, and wait, 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 wait. He lost wait, wait, the Super Bowl. Wait, 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 wait. He won the NFC. You can talk about as many. See, and, and this is what you guys do with the quarterbacks as well. You talk about how many passing yards. Talk about how many games won. Unless you win a Super Bowl. It's all empty calories, right? And Jamal, so, yes, he's a good you, coach.
5: Were you a Lovie Smith fan? Do you think Lovey Smith did a good job in Chicago? He did a pretty good
7: job, but he didn't win a Super Bowl.
5: Got to one. He got to one. I mean, that's a, y- y- you're right. It's a bottom-line industry, but you can't say that Jim Harbaugh is a
3: failure as a head coach because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. And, um, uh, uh, Jamal, you should know that Lawrence Holmes is going to be at Benny's in Orland Park. Jamal's from Orland Park. He'll be there with Remy Martin tonight, starting at 5.30. You can register on site for a chance to win a spot to play hoops at the United Center on the Court of Dreams. A winner will be drawn at 7 p.m. So get there, register. You don't need to be present to win, but you need to register on site, and Remy will be supplying uh, some samples, too. So come and try a Remy sidecar with Lawrence. Great opportunity. You know, Jamal did have a good
5: point, though, Molly, and this is valid, and he was triggered when he said he hadn't won anything. The Bears certainly weren't as enamored with Jim Harbaugh as as we are, as some people have been, as other teams around the league yeah. showed to be, the Falcons and the Chargers and the other teams that might have inquired. So there might be reasons for that. They'll never fully explain or have to, but... Maybe it was the other way
3: around as well. Maybe Jim Harbaugh, as I su- suspect. Yes. Wanted nothing to do with the Bears. Wanted nothing to do with the McCastys. Um And that's fine. I got no problem with whatever happened either way. But I, I would say that when you are the Bears and you're talking about, well, we're happy with what, you know, we got our guy, we're staying with Matt, um, you know, then don't, don't tell me how much better you're getting and don't sell the losing to me like it's part of the process where look at we really tried to lose and we managed to lose then we came back and we're basically we're on the verge of greatness and we lost 10 games and uh and now we're we're you know we kind of are too comfortable in what we're doing to hire a guy who would be an upgrade so we really like where we're at no one mess with us leave us alone and just watch us win. It's coming. Oh, it's right around the corner. That's what they're selling you on. They're selling you on losing. Well, they're selling the fact that they had this terrible year, but hmm. they're heading the right. They they're, had a really sell- bad year. This year's
5: better. They're, they're selling their ability oh, to. If only we won those first. Survive ad- adversity they created. Damn it!
3: Only yeah. those three.
5: I do. I do think. I do, th- th- I do think that you know t- this it's is January twenty fifth. You always want to keep an eye on the calendar. When they draft Caleb Williams, as they likely will do, unless they find something in his background, that's going to be an exciting day. There's going to be optimism again. There's going to be an excitement level for this Bears season that is going to feel much different than you feel this morning if you're disappointed the Bears missed out on Jim Harbaugh. But it's going to take some time to get to that point because they've got to do other things right. and They've got to handle free agency. They've got to handle – this coaching staff that they're putting together with Shane Waldron, they're doing things conventionally. Getting Jim Harbaugh would have been outside the box
3: thinking. And they would thinking. have felt uncomfortable. And it it's would have very uncomfortable. No question. And they're very comfortable kind of trying to tell you that, okay, we lost 10 games, but really we should have won 14. Huh? What are you saying? It just seems nonsensical any way you deliver that message. Uh, let's try Tony. Tony's in Wonder Lake. Hi, Tony.
7: Hey, good morning, guys. Long time, no talk. Uh, to me, it seems like Kevin Warren was brought in to be just a bean counter. Uh, just Ted Phillips role, just a different guy. Because I maybe you guys can help me out with this, but when is the last time the Bears have released a coach before his contract was up? Maybe Maggie had one year left. I'm not really sure, but... It just seems the same old game plan. Uh, They don't want Kevin Warren to rock the boat too much. So let's keep everybody in place because we don't want to waste any money. But at the same time, we're kind of right there, guys. If we just do a few things, because the defense is on the come, you decide to keep this guy and move forward with just an atrocious level of football. They just don't do things the right way, guys. Everything they do is backwards totally unconventional. They bring Kevin Warren and the guy's supposed to be a blue chipper and you let the guy just be a bean counter, try to facilitate your stadium and not do anything to really help the field on the product on the field. Cause Jim Harbaugh should be here and we should be looking forward to a really great future. But because they do things to satisfy their own needs. And I'm talking about the McCaskies here. They don't do anything to try and improve the team in any way that's, that's, that's or makes any sense to the fans who are always the stupid ones, right? We don't know anything.
5: Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. I don't think the Bears have been reluctant to fire coaches with years left on the contract only because the last couple coaches they fired had money still owed to them, correct? And Matt yeah. Nagy did. I think and then, John Fox did. And
3: if they fire Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberfluss would. He I mean, would. If, if they go after yeah.
5: next year. I, I don't think that money.
3: Is why the guy is still here, and look, I I'm don't not, think that do you no, I, I, don't, think, I don't think that, I, was, that I, was
5: part of the I equation.
3: Think, I think Eberflus did do a great job as a defense coordinator. He did prove his value uh, after they had to let a coach go, or he was pressured to resign whatever way you want to choose to discuss it. They bragged about their culture as a result of firing a couple of coaches that had missteps i I just think that. When you actually break it all down and look at it, where are you? I mean, I think they got a competent offensive coordinator. I don't think they're going to be, you know, I hope they're not going back to any of this, you know, delay of game penalties or jumping off sides, Uh, any pre-snap penalties. I think this guy will be well organized. I think they'll do things well. And I think they can upgrade the talent that they already have pretty significantly. They did that in the off season. They got a, a really good wide receiver. They got a really good pass rusher. You feel good about some of the stuff they have going forward. But I mean, you know, God bless him. Matt Ibraflus can't even kind of run a press conference. It just it doesn't look right. I think they're now trying to get him some help on that stuff, and he did get better as the year went yeah, on. Yeah, he got a little better. But uh, I mean, I, I, I David, think come I think on that, now. Yeah,
5: I, I think that. Where I am at with this whole Bears thing is that, you know, they are in a position to be very good, I think, when they get their defense back and they have the draft picks and the free agency. I think they're in a, they can say and justify they they hired a very good offensive coordinator, a good, yes. good candidate, a very good I just think that when you when you are very good and you talk about wanting to be great, there is a difference there. And I think that's the one thing that uh, I'm reacting to today more than anything is that, you know, the inclusion and and arrival of Kevin Warren about a year ago was going to be different because he was new and he was going to back up the big talk and the rhetoric that was lofty and all the things. I just (laughs) haven't seen that evidence. So we're still waiting on clarity with the stadium project. Yes. We have not really seen his his words mean anything in the football operation because it's more of an embracing of the status quo than anything, you know? So I guess I'm just holding him accountable for backing up the big talk. And I'm just tired of the big talk.
3: Yeah. They they did a day in the life story with him where they followed him around and told you saying, okay, like, hey, look at this. He's taking notes here and notes there. And he's going to question this and he's on the phone now and he's talking to people and I felt that might be a setup for some of the big stuff that was going to happen. You know, let's focus on him on our website so people can get the feel that he's the new boss and he's taking this over. And then there was a fizzle. They, they, didn't, they didn't really. You thought they were I preparing people because this is the new
5: guy. Big things This is the way coming. we do things. This is the way we're thinking now. Yes, didn't you? Yes, I I did. did. Well, I I, I did because it was a continuation of that kind of presentation. The perception has been created by him, and he manages perception very carefully. Of course he does. That the Bears are ambitious now. This is what's different about the franchise. This doesn't reflect that
3: rhetoric or that ambition at all. Let's try Jake. He's on the road. Hey, Jake. Hey, how you guys doing? Good morning. Thanks Good, for taking buddy. my call. Sure, morning,
1: thank you. Good. Yeah. Hey. No. I. I mean. I totally agree. I think Harbaugh is going to be a winner, and we'd love to see him here. But like you guys said, who's to say he would want to come to Chicago and you know instead of LA? I just think as fans, you know, we get so impatient with coaches that we never give it a chance. We get in this cycle of hiring and firing coaches. Um, you know, I
2: know Nagy and Tresman should have been gone, but you know, who's to say Dan Campbell? Uh, you know, Lions fans didn't want him fired after year two, and look what he's doing. I just think we got to give the guy a chance, and you know, they're showing improvement. And you know, he's a phenomenal defensive play caller. Um, keep it rolling, and you know, I think they, I think they made the right move instead of, like I said, getting in the cycle that you can't seem to
1: get out of.
3: Okay, yeah, I mean, I and they're definitely not in that cycle, and they're trying to give more time. I, I would just remind you that I think it was like week four or five everybody thought he was going to be the first Bears coach fired in season. And I think that there was a different opinion about him then than there is now. And Luke Getzey, everybody wanted to fire him about halfway through the season, definitely toward the three quarter mark and they backed him up and everything was fine. And then he had to go too. So I, I don't know how to think about it and I don't know who's making all these calls. And I think that, the tone of a lot of it has changed pretty quickly, depending on which way the wind's blowing. That's the reality of it.
5: 708, don't you guys think that Warren should get a little more than 10 months to turn things around? It's like it's not like he's flipping a house. It's a huge corporation that's been misguided for decades. Give him some time.
3: Okay. All right. Yep. We'll see. It's just- it's I, Talking I big. Really, I really felt when the guys walking around taking notes about everything and Monitoring everyone and talking about what their job is, I expected a lot more action. And you want to take another year? Okay. I mean, what's another year? They haven't won a playoff <laughs> what's game how year? many? Right. Yeah, That's all. Everyone can have a bad decade. That's it. That's all it is. We got uh, Dan weederer is going to join us next. Then we'll get back to your calls at Smully and Hall Chicago Sports Radio six seven to score.
7: Dan Wiederer.
6: You've got a guy with, with credentials, you got a guy with some qualifications, and now there's just when done at its best provides a level of steadiness and stability that helps create and stimulate success. On-air contributor for 670 The Score. Listen, we're not going to accept the status quo. We are going to push for more. We are going to strive for more.
1: Co-host of the Take the North podcast with our own David
3: Hall. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Dan Wiederer with Mullane Hall on 670 The
7: Score. Bear down. Let's go. <laughs>
3: and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the score. Always fun to talk to Dan Weeder. He joins us now on the Score Hotline, powered by IBEW Local Nine, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Well, you know, it's kind of a rough morning, really. Just the it's idea. Foggy? That, no, not that. The idea that uh, you, you must know, be at House Hall. The idea that yeah, Hallis <laughs> Hall doesn't change that much, and now Foggy up the there, the guy they wouldn't talk about, they, they they didn't talk to. It takes a job, in, uh with the Chargers, I don't know. I mean, who'd you rather have as your head coach? Would it be Floussi or uh, or Jim Harbaugh? I, I I think that they're they're in a weird spot. I like. Shane Woods, uh, I like uh, Waldron. Shane Waldron, um, I think that's competence there. I think that's going to be good. I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. I think it's exciting. I think we're all wrapped up in the off season. But when you see coaches move, I, I had vowed I would probably be upset when I saw this happen. <laughs> and, and sure enough, here I am.
6: You would be upset when Harbaugh landed a, a different but, job, you mean?
3: Without them talking to him. How, yeah what, how do you not talk to the guy?
6: I'd be curious to know what kind of hooks were in the water um in the months leading up to these decisions and and what they felt was the dynamics that would be at play if if they went down that path um certainly, I think you're you're right to have concerns and reservations about staying on the path that they did stay on particularly during a year where there was going to be some other options there that would be highly appealing um, but there was some some Harbaugh of the Chargers buzz really kind of growing in in mid-December and so I don't know if that was the preferred destination and and you just kind of felt that um, and pivoted in a different direction or kind of how it went went down the pipe but obviously it's uh, it's going to be a talking point for a while and the results are going to be uh, compared against one another.
5: Do you think the Bears will ever fully address, if they're asked about it, what was it about Jim Harbaugh that they didn't pursue it? I know, I, 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 think I know the answer to that question. But, Dan, do you think we'll ever figure out any reporting that, that says or suggests that Kevin Warren discouraged it because of his past with Harbaugh? I just think today we're looked at, boy, the Chargers end up with Jim Harbaugh and the you know, the Bears are well. They've got a lot to good, feel good about, but Jim Harbaugh was there for the taking, and they passed.
6: If he was right, and then and that's the, the the bigger question. And then it's all a matter of what kind of um, control and say that he wanted or wants in things, and how that will go. The Chargers had a general manager opening that they're able to then kind of hand select somebody to go alongside. Jim Harbaugh in a way that will be harmonious, right? And then they have to make that decision and figure out what it looks like. Um, you don't want to undercut your current general manager if you truly believe he's putting things in position to propel you to the next level by bringing him uh, a new head coach who's going to want authority and everything and creating that combative uh, daily Dynamic inside your building and the headache. I, I know there'll be pushback to that, but that is a a real thing in NFL buildings, and it's uh it's something that uh, the that, that you have to be aware of as a as a franchise.
3: Yeah, I I don't know that everybody kind of going the same way is good. I like the idea that you have differing opinions and you're going to argue about it and you're going to make decisions. I don't care who's comfortable. I care what the best decisions are. So I I don't agree. With that, I I think you're right. I think they're probably going to be more comfortable without Harbaugh here, without a doubt, because he has his own ideas and his own uh, his own demands. But yeah, uh, but really, Dan, I mean, do we, you know, do we care that everybody's moving in the right direction, or it's, do we well, want some to, kind of argument here?
6: To to me, it's less about it's less about uh comfort and and y- 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 more so eliminating some of the unnecessary pushback and and y- you know control issues that that create a lot of tension and dysfunction in a building you know and then the thing you're trying to avoid is the dysfunction obviously where um it's not about everybody pulling in the right direction but it's making sure that you're you're not pulling in two different directions and then fighting about which way you're pulling um so we'll see where it goes there's a lot of results in the years ahead that will help us kind of really understand what some of these decisions were and, and what the end results of them were. And now obviously this is Ryan Polz's stage at this point for the next several months to try to put this team uh, in a position to, to take a leap, you know, and it's not just a 2024 leap. We've been very consistent when we've talked guys about trying to find a model that, that creates sustainable success. And that's, that's the goal here. That's what this next offseason has to be about. Uh, they made some decisions earlier that, that don't necessarily lead you to believe that it's a a long-term view with uh, retaining Matt Eberflus. and now you've got a new offensive coordinator in the building that you have to find unity with and, and, and figure out what he can do, regardless of personnel, to take your offense to the next level.
5: So Shane Waldron is the guy, and obviously there's going to be some Seahawk influence because he's talking to some of his assistants in Seattle, maybe joining him in Chicago. Will there be anything else? I mean, Luke Getze brought Lucas Patrick and equanimity St. Brown. I wonder, is there a player or players, and can he bring DK Metcalf with him? Is there anybody else out there who I'm being facetious who's there? Who's his
3: but, Lucas Patrick?
5: Yes, who is that guy, maybe on the <laughs> offensive line, or who is that guy in the receiving core that might come and be you know, somebody who's a plug-and-place option here?
6: Wasn't there a point where there was a lot of DK Metcalf in a Bears uniform Photoshop's mm-hmm. floating around? Wasn't, mm-hmm. that, wasn't there some some trade that was going to happen that uh, in the world of fantasy land that David, you and I always love talking about the, the fantasy land that people get caught in? I haven't looked real closely yet at the, the Seattle Seahawks uh, free agent chart yet to see what might be available in March. The thing I'm most eager to hear from Shane Waldron and those who hired him is why they believe this is a obvious upgrade i think obviously they were attracted to the three seasons of play calling experience that's a a plus that removes some of the guesswork of of who uh this guy's going to be when he has the 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 headset and the, the opportunity to control the game in that regard i think obviously his adaptability was there but guys you go down the list of the Seahawks stats from 2023 and the bears ranked ahead of them in total yards, the bears ranked ahead of them in touchdowns scored, the bears ranked ahead of them in first downs, the bears ranked ahead of them in third down conversion percentage, the bears ranked ahead of them in rushing the bears ranked ahead of them in red zone efficiency. And so all of a sudden you stop and you go, okay, well this wasn't some like fireworks show that was going on in Seattle this year. And so I I need a a little more clarity from the people in charge on, on why they believe uh, that Shane Waldron has uh, this offense on the up escalator.
3: So you are Shane Waldron, and you just got this job. Do you call the quarterback? Do you call Justin Fields and introduce yourself and have a chat with him about what he likes to do, you know, whatever? I saw a photo of him. He was at Hallis Hall. So maybe he's around. I don't know that Shane Waldron is here, um, but I I think that uh, that the quarterback is. Do you immediately – start looking into some of the guys in the draft or start contacting people about that? How do you start plotting for a season, even in the off-season while you're moving, whatever, you're daydreaming about your new job? How do you do that without knowing who's under center? And do you have to have an idea? Once they hire you, do they then bring you in and tell you, okay, this is is about the science fiction of – of who's brought it to us all that you know do you reach some moment where all of a sudden you get the information and you wonder why am i a scientologist well listen like
6: first and foremost as a professional you you at least reach out to justin fields and you introduce yourself because that is kind of part of the process of um becoming a leader of this team not knowing what the future may hold uh for that quarterback or the quarterback position now things are going to get hot and heavy really quick with the draft evaluation process and the volume of homework that the Bears have to do, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, and particularly at every position on the offensive side of the ball, something that Shane Waldron has to be involved in. He has to have input in. He has to know what Ryan Poles and his staff are thinking and what they've already thought so that he can steer his homework in the right direction and not waste a lot of time and energy. You look at the quarterbacks, and we're going to spend three months talking about the quarterback class. You could spend the next three months every single day diving only in on the quarterbacks and not run out of things to do. And yet you have to be aware that you also own another pick at number nine, a pick that you could trade down out of, because there's some depth in this draft that may allow that luxury when you get there. And so now you're looking at this receiver class, you're looking at this offensive tackle class, which guys, that that's, that's where some of this depth is in the first round, where, Mm. where if you wanted to take Caleb Williams one, and you still wanted to stockpile draft capital, don't rule out the possibility that you hope that some of these other quarterbacks get hot—the Bo Nixes, the Michael Penixes, the J.J. McCarthy—and somebody wants to come and get them at the end of the top ten. And now you can trade back into the teens, stockpile some capital, take a you know day one starting offensive tackle for yourself, and then you know build from there, or take a a, a tight end if Brock Bowers is still around. Like there's a lot of cool combinations of picks that you can put together in this draft. And Shane Waldron has got to be a part of that. He's got to know what the general manager is thinking. And when he gets his staff on board, they've got to be targeted with the way that they go about their assignments.
5: A lot of focus on the division, Dan, because obviously the Lions are playing the biggest game in franchise history in the conference championship Sunday. And the Packers just got beat. When you look at them, the Packers, that is, firing Joe Barry as defensive coordinator, what do you think is next for them? And could Ron Rivera be on their radar?
6: Yeah, poor Joe Barry couldn't get 16 games against the Bears scheduled, right? Because he seemed to have a real good time <laughs> defending the Bears and struggled with, uh, with some of the other uh, high-powered offenses in the league, which is uh, something else. Um, So we'll see which direction they go. I think the two questions you have, about the Packers and Lions is what is the sustainability now talking to people in Detroit there's a lot of optimism that that what they have in place right now is really really sturdy I've spent three years waiting for them to pivot off of Jared Goff and find their uh next forever quarterback and yet Jared Goff has made it work and Ben Johnson has made it work with Jared Goff well now the likelihood is Ben Johnson's out the door within a matter of weeks now and you've got to figure out how to backfill that role and create that um continuity of momentum that they have, but certainly I think we do a lot of talking about uh, the high-powered offense in Detroit. We obviously give Dan Campbell a lot of credit, but Brad Holmes in that general manager's chair has done a remarkable job of right. succeeding in the draft. You know, you've got Panay Sewell, you've got Jameer Gibbs, you've got some, uh, uh Derek Barnes, who is a, a, I think a day three guy that, that comes in and becomes a, a big time contributor for you. So th- that's, uh, it's really interesting to try to, to, to measure the sustainability for those two programs, because obviously they enjoyed some eye-catching success here this post season.
3: When, when we look at this off season, I mean, from your standpoint, Obviously, we're, we're talking about quarterbacks, and having a, a quarterback um, seems to be a priority, whether that's trading down and getting someone to play behind fields for a year, whether that's taking advantage of the first overall selection and taking a, a player many believe. It, well, he, whether you believe that he's generational in his talent, a lot of people have been waiting to draft the guy. Like a lot, there's been a lot of people waiting to get an opportunity for them. So whatever they decide to do, um, do you have a list of things they've got to get done? I mean, you know, obviously they got to get a center. These are minor type of things that can be major on a team. You got to get a center. You got to get an upgrade on your offensive line. You got to get another receiver. You got to get a... uh, you got to get a punter, and I know no one cares about that. But And you could do that, although I don't think they have any picks late, so maybe pick up one. Whatever. Is there any priority position for you that isn't as obvious uh, that everyone else is talking about? I wouldn't say that
6: nobody cares about the punter because there's a very prominent morning show host in Chicago who really is into uh, trying to upgrade at the punter. You may know him really well, Molly, <laughs> uh, but, but beyond that, I, th- I think your checklist is right. Like I think the upgrades on the offensive line, it's a real thing that they need to go about. I think there's probably a sense that um you want to solidify your running back position a little bit more. I think, mm. uh, you know, Khalil Herbert stays maybe numbered there and you really want to know what you have in Roshan Johnson and try to fill some things on. Around him. I could spend a month and a half diving into this receiver class of the draft because it's yeah. fascinating. You talk to, to people and you get a wide range of opinions. It, it's, you know, the consensus is that Marvin Harrison Jr. is, is the safest. Bet, but there are people that say you put on the tape, and Malik Neighbors is a a much more electric, more dynamic playmaker. Now you've got to get comfortable with a lot of other things. The other receiver uh, at, at LSU, Thomas, is a guy that people think is is really good. A Dunze is is some people's favorite prospect in the class, and so um, it's 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 amazing what what you're gonna have to do. Like I say, to do this homework to get there, but I think you're you, you're right to focus your checklist on the offensive side of the ball first and understand the upgrades that are needed there Uh, I think you probably want to try to find that that next level three tech if you can uh, at some point in the first two days of the draft if you can or maybe there's something available in free agency there there is a long checklist here Um, again like I'll, I'll tell you this also with the quarterback like we can cross off the generational word and just throw that out the window because people get hung up on it yeah the talent of don't get hung up on the skill set that Caleb Williams brings to the table. When you talk to people, their their jaws drop and they gush over the arm talent. And that's not just arm strength. It's the ability to make touch throws. It's the ability to make off-platform throws. It's the ability to be on the move, improvising, have your eyes downfield, and then put a ball right on the numbers, which is something we see the greats in this league do. And so the potential uh, that Caleb Williams brings to the table the floor and the ceiling for Caleb Williams is well above the floor and the ceiling for Justin Fields, and that's why people who aren't looking at this through an emotional lens say this is an easy decision for Ryan Poles. Take emotion out of the cards and just look at the skill sets and the talent and where the quarterbacks are at this stage of their development, and it's Caleb Williams all the way. Now, obviously, we've talked previously about uh, the DNA and wiring homework that they have to do, but uh, that that's certainly something worth noting as we go through the next 90-plus days.
3: Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much. Sorry Dan. about the Illini.
6: Oh, tough one. All right, guys, have a good one.
3: He was at that game, right? We should have asked him about it. All right. 312-644-6767 is the telephone number. It's Mully and Haw on the score. I haven't talked to you Brian, why why is this Scotia Michigan? Well, not anymore. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio. 670 the score. I'm not going to be dark all off season. I'm going to get on board. We're going to have some fun with this. But we had vowed that we would take this one personally when it happened, if it happened, because you had an opportunity and yeah. you didn't even talk.
5: I think it's understandable. It's allowed. It's permitted. It's a long off season. Yeah. Things will turn around if quickly no. enough. I'm curious. I asked Dan about this. I, I'm curious what's going on in Seattle. Everybody's going to wonder about DK Metcalf because there were those rumors, and his dad was a former Bear. Yeah. Terrence Metcalf, good uh, swing tackle, offensive guard, good guy in the locker room. But salary cap casualties in Seattle make me wonder if Tyler Lockett could be a guy, number two receiver, 32 years old, going to be, you know, a veteran, but he's going to be somebody that is. Or has been speculated in Seattle would be a salary cap casualty because of his cap hit 2024. $27 million. Yeah. That uh, he's gonna no. be on the street. Yeah. You know he's gonna bring somebody though. Oh, you it, know Shane Wall's gonna yeah. bring somebody. Again. I wonder it'll be will it be a lineman? Will it be a receiver? Will it be more than just the assistant coaches that he's interviewing? Because he interviewed three guys yesterday uh, from Seattle apparently could join him on the staff. You could do worse than Tyler Lockett as a number two wide receiver. You draft a guy. You, you need three. If, you, if you're going to have everything a new quarterback could want in a passing game, you're going to need at least three quality perimeter targets.
3: Um, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that, I mean, you know, as much as we talk about the draft, they, they have traded away their second-round pick. For, um, for 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 uh, Montez Sweat, they have traded away their sixth round pick, right? For the for uh, Freeney, they they don't have a seventh. Was that in some deal uh, last year? I don't know what happened to their seventh. Um, so they got obviously two first round picks, and they got a, a number one overall pick, and they got a number nine pick. And if they want to get more picks that'll be easy enough to do with all that ammunition um they they have a third round pick. like I I, they go one they go nine and then they're down to the third round right and then they got a fourth round pick and a fifth round pick and that's it they got six picks so you probably would want more picks wouldn't you
5: you always want more picks yeah every general manager in football wants more picks uh I, I don't know but I,
3: you know, you need like you look at their needs, right? Yeah, you, they need a wide receiver. They they need, uh, you know, a uh, a defensive lineman. They need interior help on their line. They may want to get a tackle. I mean, I, I right now you've got two ones, a three, two fourths, and a fifth. Oh, two fourths. And
5: right. you are in a position, as Dan pointed out, this is a really good point to remember. Smart by him at the nine position, regardless of what you do with Caleb Williams at Mm -hmm. number one, if you take him, there may be some teams that may want to move up to get a quarterback. There may be some quarterbacks still on the board, and somebody's motivated to do that, and you are going to be in a prime position to move back and to get some of those draft picks back that you want so desperately. And so that's a good spot to be in, and you are now in a position of strength. I think you got to look at it for the Bears. A position of
3: strength is the way they're going into the draft. Let's
7: try Ray.
3: Ray is in all SIP. Hey, Ray.
7: Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, You actually just mentioned what I was calling about. Uh, To
4: me, that ninth pick is gold. I don't want Ryan Poles to move off of that. But there's no way this guy's going to this draft without a second-round pick. So how about this? Washington has two second-round picks. Go to Washington and say, you want the Kayla Williams? Take him. Give us those two first, uh, second second-round picks. And then draft Drake May. He's more of what they want anyway. A guy who saves in the pocket, goes to his reach, can run if he has to. And then you still got that ninth pick, and you got two premium second-round picks. So, guys, I'll hang up. Tell me what you think.
5: I don't think I like the idea of watching Caleb Williams go to Washington and be a star for the next 10 years. He's from there. Which would make it even more conducive to success. <laughs> A comfortable uh, franchise quarterback
3: back in his hometown. All right, three one two six We're Going to stay with your calls. We'll be back next. Molly and Hawn, the score.
5: I mean, I think you, the way you arrive at the decision is that you you start at home first. I mean, one thing about Matt, uh, we know him. We've worked with him. We understand everyone in this. Uh, Society, everyone in business, everyone in the NFL coach player. We all have blind spots and there's areas that we can improve, but I have confidence in him. I have confidence in, in, in Ryan and their working relationship. And so what you have to do is to make sure, as I said, can you create an environment? Can we help each other
3: to be able to pull together to create a bond? That is the voice of Kevin Warren. Um, Yeah. You need to have your um, bond, James Bond.
5: <laughs> so, you know, we talked about whether or not Jim Harbaugh could work with Ryan Poles, and obviously the answer would was no, or maybe that contributed to them not pursuing him. But it is interesting to wonder if now he will be working with Ryan Poles' number two guy. Ian Cunningham's still a candidate out there, right? Yes, he is. For the general manager job with the Chargers. Some of those are starting to fill. Some of those are starting to fill, and and the Chargers are setting up second rounds of interviews. Brandon Brown, um, the Giants assistant GM, is apparently getting a second interview or did yesterday while they were hiring Harbaugh. He's in the mix. You wonder if Cunningham will get a second interview. And that relates to what we're talking about with the draft picks and how many the Bears have. could get an extra third. Yeah, if if he gets the job, I think that he would um, bring the Bears back uh, a third-round compensatory pick, and that would be something to consider. I don't know how strong of a candidate he is, and maybe the next candidate definitely will be one that has to work with Jim Harbaugh, has to be able to be compatible with him, and I wonder if they were waiting, obviously, to
3: get the coach before they got the GM. Most teams do it the other way around. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's try Raymond. He's in Gary. Hey
7: Raymond. Good morning, guys. Uh, two quick points. I'm trying to understand how Kevin Warren would first want to hire somebody that he didn't have a good relationship with in Jim Harbaugh. And two, why would why would Kevin Warren want to undercut Ryan Poles, one of the few black GMs? In football, by hiring his his replacement, because you know once Jim Harbaugh gets the job, he's going to want more power. And Ryan Poles, is, uh, as uh, Dan has said earlier, why would Ryan Poles want Jim Harbaugh right
3: to replace him? No, no, we understand that. I I think to answer the question, why would you want? Because you get better. You get better. but You got a better. Co- I know. I know. It, it interferes. With your personal fiefdom, right? I I get that. But you also get a guy who's better at what he does. It's (laughs) as simple as that. He's an upgrade over the coach.
5: Are we comparing credentials here? Right. Even even if you're talking about faith in Ryan Poles, you're you're looking at a a guy that if you're going to drop everything and hire Jim Harbaugh, yeah, you're going to have to make some concessions. Yes, you're going to have to compromise – your own you know uh you, what you what you look for in in a coworker or a friend you're not going to get along with everybody but i think the smart the best executives f- learn how to do that
3: you know it, that's overrated it takes a lot of guts to hire someone who's going to want some of your power or to you know flirt with bringing in someone who then is going to demand you. You know, you, there are, are, are there complications and things you got to figure out. Absolutely. It,
5: Ryan Poles is a very good young executive who has done some very nice things early in his tenure with the Bears uh, and made some good decisions. But has he earned the right to be kind of above the left alone because yeah. you have a chance to
3: hire somebody that could win, uh, help you win a Super Bowl? I mean, listen, or taking a team there? I I I, I hope that this works and the bears get better and they take the North and Eberflus is here for whatever, nine years, 10 years, that'd be great. I suspect that's not going to happen. I just don't, I just don't feel like that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, history we'll, we'll is on your out. side.
5: And, and definitely, I, I just looked at it as, you know, Trent Balky in San Francisco clashed with Jim Harbaugh. And that was his last experience dealing with a general manager so people will look at that as an example of that he can't – he doesn't play well with others. Maybe. Figure it out. Find a way. The best coaches are worth figuring it out for.
3: Yeah, and, and like, you know, when we start talking about draft and personalities and we want to know the human being and we got to make a decision, you know, there are, there are some guys – that are not like the greatest guys in the world, but they're like great football players, and they're going to help you improve. And if if you, if you have the ability to take a guy like that and get the most out of him, you know, there are people that have questioned different players who wound up as Hall of Famers because of whatever the issue might be. So there isn't the perfect player out there. There isn't the guy you've got to be able to compromise and you've got to be able to understand and absorb some elements from people in order to put together the best group it's as simple as that it, you know I, I mean do you want the guy to be better do you want the guy to do, usually you want the guy that is going to transform into a werewolf on the field right and just to make every play and be unbelievable and yeah you know, would it be nice if he were a better dude? Okay, I mean, yeah, but that's not everyone. People are different. there are some people that have like foul temperaments, and that helps them play football. Mark is in Round Lake. Hey, Mark.
7: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? Good. Well. Good. 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 Uh, just uh, one quick thing. Uh, then I'll get to where I where I reason called that when you guys were talking about. Uh, the draft and the draft picks. The one thing that I have a real hang-up with with, uh, the Caleb Williams is number one, and it's really going to depend on what is offered for him. I think that if in the golden scenario where Washington trades up, you rack up more first and second-round picks. Then if the Patriots want to trade up, you rack up more picks. That's a a heck of a package to try and turn down uh, on that. But it kind of piggybacks on the reason I really did call the, the the rumors the speculation the whatever out there that i don't think gets a lot of talk at least the best of of listening to your show and other shows is this idea that caleb williams doesn't want to come here to chicago right. those things have been out there and i guess the question you know, that why? I have...
5: you know why it doesn't get a lot of talk it's not true i don't know how do you know it's true I, I, it, it, I do. We know that for a fact. No, it's not a fact. No, and it's he said rumor. he'd be honored to. But he said I mean, he'd be room, he'd honored to play wherever. It's a really he drafted, it's an interesting idea drafted.
3: because as much and and I and the Bears are, don't want to hear this, but as much as they're trying to judge him and figure out him and his character, there are a lot of people that are pursuing him, and you don't know. I mean, if let's say just for the sake of argument, that they go through this process and he doesn't like them. And he says, well, I'd, you know, I'd rather go somewhere else. Whatever. I, I, I'm i not saying that's impossible. I think it's unlikely. I think that, I, you know, I wouldn't go into anything imagining the worst. But you, must you be capable of understanding it? Of course. Of course, it's yeah, one, I, one of the things. Sure. You're exploring. That's what I'm saying.
5: It's a range of possibilities. There's to me, it seems very unlikely. Right. We can spend time on it if you wish. It does seem unlikely.
3: No, and I don't it, want to spend it, time on it. But I do think that, um, you know, as we sit here and talk about the long list of things that can go right or go wrong, th- that's one of the things that could happen. You may meet this guy and not connect and, and come away suspicious. He may feel the exact same way, so I, I think I think they've got to be open and honest. And like I say, there are all sorts of different players in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd like to have every one of them as the best character guy out there, but you know, what are you going to do? Brazil's in Milwaukee. Hey, Brazil,
7: what's going on, guys? How you going? How you guys doing this morning? Good. Good to hear from you guys
4: once again, man. Hey, I just want to make a comment about this this whole situation, man, with the coaching thing. Now, I think it's being overblown. I think it's really water under the bridge. I really like the coach that they got, really. I think he's really a new guy as far as head coaching, but he has experience with people. It seems like he's gotten these, these guys to buy into what he believes
7: in the system, and I think he should be given credit for that. I think uh, focusing on hardball, that's the past, man. He was. He did his thing with whoever he was with. He quarterbacked with us. Whatever he did an all right job. He wasn't nothing. He did all right. But he a good coach. I like him. But the, they decided to move forward without you know looking at him, and that's fine. But we should stick with who we got, man. That's what I think.
3: Okay.
5: Thanks, Brazil. They did. Yeah, they did. They did. They embraced Matt Eberflus. And Jim Harbaugh's appeal has very little to do with the fact that he was a former first round draft pick, and the fact that he was a guy that played for Ditka. I mean, those are really interesting details that tell you a little bit about his makeup. But he, he- is he's the best coach available this offseason. You can make the argument, and he's a better fit than Pete Carroll would have been, than Bill Belichick would have been, than Mike Vrabel would have been. All the other guys out there would have been. That's why. Not because he wore number four and was
3: a really good...
5: Yeah, uh, you know, bear and all those things.
3: Brian's in Chicago. Hey, Brian.
7: Hey gentlemen, big fan of the show. I understand your position on the value that comes with the generational potential of Caleb Williams. But my question to you guys is it's at some point a haul for that pick could be so great that it will outweigh the value of that potential. And my question to you guys is, what would that haul have to be at a minimum to take you off your position of passing on that potential? I'll hang up. Hmm.
3: Well, I, I, you know, here's the thing. They <sighs> traded the pick last year, and they, among the things they got was the chance to draft Caleb Williams, which, again, had he come out last year, he'd have been the first quarterback taken a year ago. Now he's coming out. And and this is an unbelievable haul that you got for the pick last year. You got a really good receiver. You got uh, a a guard or excuse me, a tackle, a right tackle that you like. Uh, you got a really good corner. Had a great rookie year. And now you um, you're talking about a, a generational type of quarterback. Uh-huh. I, I think the value of the pick last year. You hit a home run on that. You hit a grand slam if you take the quarterback.
5: I'll play along for the sake of the exercise, but I'll, I'll say it with an asterisk and I always qualify it. I don't think the teams with elite quarterbacks would trade their elite quarterback for a Hall of draft picks that would supplement the roster and make them playoff caliber. I, I just don't think they would. They want the quarterback because that's how you win Super Bowls, and it's about winning Super Bowls, not making playoffs. But for the sake of the exercise – I would take a uh you swap positions, say with Washington, you get two additional firsts and a Pro Bowl player. Or with the Raiders, you get you swap positions, you get two additional firsts and a Pro Bowl player. And maybe a future I mean, that that would be that would be something you would look at as saying, you know
3: Max Crosby.
5: Max Crosby two, two first round draft picks run and pick. a future third. Darren
3: Payne and and two first-round picks. Yeah, I
5: mean, you could make the trade that would sound plausible and attractive and justifiable if you want to create such a scenario. Or you could say, well, sounds good. I'll take the elite quarterback because he passes the confetti test. <laughs> that That's the way I'm looking at it. And and maybe that's and and I'm not I'm not going to apologize for looking at it that way. Everybody's going to look at at it it their own way. I could understand why you want to build your roster and then you plug in a quarterback and take your chances. That's conventional wisdom. I just for whatever reason this year and this time this draft, I'm looking at
3: it the other way. Colin is on the road. Hey, Colin.
2: Hey, good morning, guys. Um, Just wanted to read a, a. A quote real quick and then ask a question on the legality of a a situation when it comes to interviewing for Caleb Williams Uh, so the quote is my time there ended very toxically Um, so that's from Spencer Rattler um, Hmm. well over when he was at Oklahoma and I I understand the kind of person that he is and my question isn't really much uh, going into like figure out who Spencer Rattler is but I'd like to know about you know who Caleb Williams is and the uh, like the preparation time, Caleb Williams' work ethic, all that from somebody who necessarily isn't a fan of Caleb Williams to then ask Caleb Williams about that. And I want to know, can you ask a prospect about a prospect in the draft?
5: Sure. You can find out things. You can figure out ways to know people who know people that know that kid or that prospect. I think you do whatever you can do. Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma experience, Caleb Williams was an 18-year-old freshman. There could be things that trouble you about that experience. You want to know how much he loves the game. How does he prepare? What do his biggest critics say about his his worst habits or work habits? You want to find out all of these things and then put them together with the best of things that you hear. It's got to be a complete picture. You don't you're not trying to cheat yourself. You have to know this. That's what they why they call it due diligence. It's due and it's it's expected. You need to figure out what his character is.
3: Yeah, I I mean again, Welcome to the NFL draft. I mean, th- this is what you do. You go back and you talk to I, neighbors, and pe- you, had, you, you have like private investigators. You push the envelope. Together. Yes, Ask Des want, Bryant. You want everybody? Oh God! I'm just see. saying it, people yeah. cross
5: lines. You don't want well, to do that, but I'm just saying that that's the extent to which people dig into these I, kids' I,
3: backgrounds. I I think that I mean I hear what you're saying, but I think that was a that was just a that was a mistake in the conversation. It was a mistake
5: in the conversation, he, but it's he, representative of just how involved these these background searches can be.
3: He he was in an interview, and he said that his father was a pimp and that his mother worked for his father. And the, the guy doing the interview said, your mother was a prostitute? And he said, no, she did the bookkeeping. And then it became this, how do you ask someone if their mother is It was in the course of kind of a natural. Even that's invasive. Of course it is. It's terrible. The
5: the level of intrusion that we're talking about here is uncomfortable.
3: Of course it is. And and I mean, it rubs people the wrong way. It is a terrible type of thing you go through. But this is information you want to have about people and their life story and their background and whether they're. Angry about things and how that has shown itself. If that's the case, whether they're really good guy, you know. I mean, here's the thing: you're not going to be afraid to ask a prospect about another prospect. No, no. If you're asking that kind of stuff, <laughs> oh that's my gosh, not that. that's my point. Like, yeah, no, hey, how how bad a guy is this guy? Oh, let's let's
5: just watch yeah. gingerly here. No, there is no walking on eggshells.
3: Nothing. No, <laughs> you go. You got. You do anything you can do to get the most information you can get, and and people, you know, people like to talk. People like to tell you stuff, and he, 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 sometimes it's shocking. Well, let me tell you about this guy. Yo, yo, you know who's a bad guy? Uh, <laughs> that guy. Hey, who's the worst guy you played with? <laughs> who's the worst guy in this draft? Him again. All right, we got Kendall Gill. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk some basketball. It's Mully and Haunt, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score.
0: Kendall Gill, wow.
3: Kendall Gill, NBC Sports Chicago Bulls pre-
2: and post-game analyst.
4: So you got to be able to close the show. You know, that's what all great champions do in and, and boxing and basketball. Former NBA player. Gill save with Jordan, seven to shoot.
7: Gill got the block.
4: Fighting a Illini legend. Two on one now.
6: What's this?
2: Kendall Gill making a statement.
4: Kendall Gill on Mullin Haw. I really like that, guys. I mean, you know, I appreciate you shouting out the Silver Fox squad. On 670 The Score.
3: Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 in the score. Always fun to talk to Kendall Gill, and he joins us now on the score hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Kendall, good morning. How are
4: you? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. You know, my wife went to Northwestern, of course, and we <laughs> went to the game last night, and we got... We have this bed in our house that, whenever our two schools play, if if whoever loses has to make breakfast for the other one in a in a opposing school's t shirt. So guess what I got on right now? You're wearing purple. I'm wearing purple, yeah. and it don't look good on me.
5: Oh. <laughs> what
4: a game! What a game that was,
5: though.
4: Oh, that was a hell of a game, man. Back and forth, um, you know, two teams, and 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 both teams played hard, you know. So. But, you know, it uh we got we got them in uh Champagne a couple of weeks ago and you know they deservingly got the game last night. I mean they played a hell of a game. Boo booy yeah. showed why he is one of the best players in the country and uh Chris Collins did a great job coaching him.
3: Um I I guess when you have to wear the purple T shirt, what kind of breakfast do you make? Are you just kind of a Bacon and eggs guy, you do something special.
4: What, what are you making her? Well, I'm, I'm making her the bacon and eggs, the biscuits I just pulled out of the oven, and now I got to make her a smoothie, a CMOS smoothie. So that's what she <laughs> likes. <so. laughs> it's,
5: it's always going to be something healthy. We know that with you, Kendall.
7: <laughs> that's right.
4: <laughs> so,
5: you know, you're, you're watching the game. Before we get to the Bulls, congratulations. This week the rankings came out, and your son Phoenix is the top-ranked player in the class of 2025 in the state of Illinois. It's got to yeah. be exciting, navigating all of this, enjoying all of this, and dealing with the recruiting. Maybe a headache, Kendall, but you've got to be proud.
4: No, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm proud of him. I'm proud of both of my boys. Um, you know, when my aim also is to get my my other my youngest son Coda as the number one golfer in the state when his time comes. Uh, but you know, as far as Phoenix is concerned, is I mean, he's he's worked really hard. Um, both academically and um, as, uh, athletically. Uh, he's doing a great job, almost has a 4.0 uh, at St. Ignatius High School as, as well, uh, which is what I'm most proud about. But, you know, the recruiting aspect of it uh, has been great, you know, for me to relive it again and, uh, you know, see see through my son, what, what I went through uh, has been great. Now, which school he, he picks. You know, that's, that's his decision, you know, but that uh, that win last night didn't help me <laughs> in my case. <laughs> do, do, do
3: you, I, I mean, with that sort of thing, Kendall, when you talk about your own experience, what was it that led – you know, you were part of a great recruiting class, and, and yeah. that's one of the reasons you guys did so well.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: you know, actually – when when the the morning the night before i picked illinois i was going to michigan state you know i had i was going to play for judd heathcote and you know i made up my mind but uh the more that morning my my parents and my brothers and my family all knew i was going to make my decision that morning so i go down and before school i'm ironing my pants and and i'm still going to michigan state okay and uh, i'm ironing my pants and uh my brother runs downstairs. I can hear his footstep. He, he comes downstairs and he says, so where is it going to be? And I looked up and I said, oh, boy. <laughs> 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 it was the
3: ironing? What, what? changed? <laughs> yeah.
4: Did you pick I, out I, the wrong I, shirt? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just uh, that's where I felt like uh, I had to be. And, uh, you know, and, and it, came, it came out of me like that. And so, you know, when, when things happen like that, I, I guess that's the right place to be. Now, I wasn't the highest recruited. Uh, athlete uh, or basketball player that year to go there. I mean, you had Nick Anderson, Steve Bardo, Larry Smith, who was highly touted uh, out of high school. We had Marcus Liberty coming the next day. And a lot of people were like, well, why are you going to Illinois? They got the huge recruiting class. But the thing is, I believed in myself. And I believed in my work ethic. And, you know, I knew that if I kept working and I kept working, that I could eventually get to where I wanted to be. And it worked out for me.
5: Well, we wish uh, Phoenix all the luck in the world Choosing a place and a destination Mm is going to be a great choice whenever he makes it, Kendall. So the Bulls tonight out on the West Coast, L.A., the Lakers, a team struggling uh, in their own right. Not sure if LeBron is going to play. He's had the ankle injury. He's probably could be out. What do you expect tonight from the Bulls who have put themselves in a position to kind of just flirt with that, you know, play in spot in the Eastern Conference? Not quite sure what they're going to do with the trade deadline. How are you viewing the Bulls these days?
4: I really like the direction in which they're going. Um, You know, I know a lot of people have been, you know, speculating on the Zach trade and this and that. But when Zach came back after the 17-game absence, I thought that, you know, he came in and he did very well. He fit in. He he was moving the basketball. He could score uh, when he needed to. And you look back at at the last game against the Phoenix Suns, we went through a little bit of a scoring drought and uh, I believe it was the third or uh, well, no, in, in the fourth quarter where we couldn't score. Uh, that's where Zach comes in. You know, and I know a lot of people have been, you know, speculating about the trade, but, you know, if, if, if I'm the Bulls, I, I got to keep Zach because now we're right on the precipice of, of doing something that I felt like the Bulls could do uh, when uh, Lonzo Ball came. Uh, and that means winning consistently, you know, because now I was worried about uh, the point guard position when Lonzo went out, but now Kobe White has solidified. He's like, oh, I'm the point guard now, and, and he's doing a great job at it. I think that he's in contention for, or he's in the lead for most improved player. You look at the way that he played the other night, uh, hitting big shots, he plays both ends. Uh, he's running the team, getting getting the basketball where it needs to be, and Honestly, I'm, I'm going into every game, guys, thinking that the Bulls can win every game the way that they've been playing. You know, if, if the Bulls get 25-plus assists, that, mean that, that means they're sharing the basketball. And when they get 30, they normally win. And I think that they found the recipe for how they are going to win. And that's moving and sharing the basketball. And, uh, you know, it's worked out. So I, I anticipate, I, I, don't, I hope LeBron plays tonight because I want to beat that team full strength. And I think that the Bulls can.
3: You know, I I, I love what you're saying. It, it is though kind of a fact that that there is not a trade market for Zach Levine, right? That you know yeah. this just hasn't materialized. Even the Lakers, um, it, and and we thought that's where he would end up at one point. So I I just don't know what to make of sort of the the way things have gone for Zach right down to not being in the USA basketball top 41 pool. I, I think that would probably uh, hurt your feelings if you, I mean, I know he's done it before, but that's a great thing. And, and I think that, um, that Alex Caruso probably, what a, what a nod to him, the way that he plays to be in that group.
4: Yeah, I mean Alex. Alex has become a reliable three-point shooter. Um, You know, before he would be kind of streaky from that position, but now he's he's more consistent. And you know, we all know the intangibles that he brings—the the the toughness, the leadership, the defensive capabilities. Um, But you know, in in Zach's case, look, I think he was very upset when he when he sprained his ankle the other day. I believe that was against Toronto. Um, He's going to be out because. I think that, that deep down inside, Zach, Zach believes in this thing that it can work as well. I mean, he saw it when he came back. He may not have uh, known that, you know, prior to him coming back from the last injury, but, you know, when he worked himself back in, he's like, hey, man, you know, this is this is pretty good. We can win. You know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, when he comes back next time, if the Bulls continue to roll, it's, it's going to be a success. And I think it will be above the play-in situation. Maybe we can, you know, lock down – a playoff spot, um, you know, without going into the play and if if Zach can come back and we can continue to win games. So, Kendall,
5: you talk about Kobe White and everybody looks at his emergence and it's easy to see why he's hitting shots. He's hitting 40% of his three-pointers. He's averaging 18.8 points per game. And certainly in Zach Levine's absence, he has stepped forward. But when you watch what he has done specifically to put himself in this position, what is it? About Kobe White that has allowed him to make that breakthrough and have this kind of breakout season, because we've been waiting for this. He's been bounced around a little bit, but he's always been a guy that persevered. Why now? Why is this happening this
4: season? Good thing, um, you know, I'm, I, there's there's a couple NBA refs that live here in Chicago, and I, and I'm really good friends with them. So they told me, one of them told me a couple of years back. He said, Kendall, you know." Kobe's problem—he can't dribble. And then he says, "I watch him all the time. Whenever I have games, he, he just—he just can't dribble." So I'm watching, and he was right. Every time Kobe would go into a double team or or try to blow past somebody, he would—he would lose the basketball. Not every time, but a lot of times. So he went and he started working with this guy called Dribble Too Much, and he improved his handle. And the first thing that I tell all basketball players, young basketball players, work on your handle. Because when you work on your handle, that allows you to go any place you want to go with the basketball. It builds your confidence. This is the third year now Kobe White has worked with that guy. And his handles have drastically improved. You guys see the way he's getting to the basket now? Mm-hmm. Before he was just really relegated to shooting three-point shots and maybe every once in a while he'll drive to the basket. Well, now he can get there anytime he wants to. And also, um, the shooting coach, I believe his name is uh, Pat, Pete, Pete Patterson, hmm. I, I believe has drastically improved Peter his Patton. shot. Peter, Peter Patton. Yep. Peter Patton has drastically improved uh, his jump shot, uh, his consistency. And with that confidence and in, in Kobe not having to look over his shoulder for somebody to come, come and check him out of the game, you're giving him the keys to the car and let him drive with the confidence that he got over the summers. And that's the reason why.
3: Yeah. I, I wonder as, and I agree with what you're saying. They've, they've uh, obviously, you know, the start of the season was a disaster for the bulls. The first 20 games, we knew they were going to be tough, but it was just a mess. And now they're playing significantly better. Um, what, where, where is this team going? Do you believe, I mean, they are, vying for a play-in spot. Maybe they're close enough to actually make the playoffs. Do you expect them to trade anyone? Do you do you think the trade deadline's only a couple weeks away? Do you think they'll make moves here?
4: I don't. I really don't. If you look at the way AKM uh, did when when uh, he was at Denver, he didn't really trade the core guys. Um, and because there is not – I'd be surprised if mean, anything is possible, but I'd be surprised if – any moves were made out of the core. And let me, let me also go back to, guys, for the, for the Bulls' recent success. You notice Vooch is operating more in the paint, more so more than ever in his Bulls tenure. He's getting the basketball on the pick and roll. He's getting the basketball down the post. They're, 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 they're getting the ball to him and letting him touch it. And, you know, it just bodes well for the offense. So that's another reason why the Bulls are starting to do well.
5: Real quick, Kendall, what was your reaction to the Bucks? firing adrian griffin and hiring doc rivers and what does that do to the balance of power in the nba
4: well you know i I know adrian i'm you know rarely do you see uh teams fire a a guy who (laughs) is doing pretty well record wise i I believe i don't know what the record is but I, i think he's like 14 or 15 games over 500 30 and 13. oh 30 and 13 okay so you know It must have been something where they didn't agree philosophically about the direction of the team. Um, I've never seen this really happen before. But now you get Doc Rivers, who's uh, a well-respected coach in this league, Um, and I think that Giannis Dane will respect Doc and whatever he says. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like it for Doc Rivers, too, because I don't think, I don't think Doc Rivers should have lost his job in, in Philly. You know, just because some players don't show up, you know, when they're supposed to show up, you know, the man uh, lost his job. You know, it wasn't Doc Rivers' fault. So now he gets another shot at it. And uh, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be, be well on their way. But, you know, a lot of teams, have, uh, a lot of people have said that defensively the Milwaukee Bucks aren't the same. Well, that's what happens when you trade away a Drew Holiday who's a, a first-team ball defender. You know, you can't expect the defense to be the same. So, you know, but I think the, that the Bucks are, are going to do well. They just have too much talent. Now you add a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame player to, to, to lead the direction. You know, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Great
3: stuff. Thanks a tug, Kendall. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Kendall. Enjoy your all breakfast.
4: Yeah, take this purple t shirt off, though, in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> got one more. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, all right. All take right, care. All right,
3: buddy. We'll be, uh, we'll be right back with Nick Costo. Smalley and Hall on the score. I want winners. Mullion Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score on the line is the host of You Better, You Bet. Odyssey Sports betting insider Nick Costos. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better, You Bet podcast for more of Nick's analysis. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. And Nick joins us now on the score Hotline which, of course, is powered by the fine folks at uh, IBEW Local 9 Chicago, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Nick, good morning. How are you? What's
0: going on, guys? How we doing?
3: Well, we're all fired up. Are you kidding? I mean, we got a couple of big games. We got a, a, a former number one overall quarterback, a former we're psyched, uh, Mr. Relevant. We got two future Hall of Fame. Qu- we got it all. We need
0: help a oh, good I'm, weekend. And I need help from you guys also. Before we do football, can I ask you guys a question? Please. Please. Yeah. I am – oh, man, this is it's a terrible thing to say out loud. I'm contemplating – am I nuts – if I like the Blackhawks on the road in Edmonton against the Oilers,
5: they haven't won a road game since October. Yes, you, I, and, you and, need and,
0: help. And, and but Edmonton's also won 14 straight games. Two streaks come to an end tonight in Canada. Just just say it. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I, but I'm contemplating it a little bit anyway. <sighs> Uh, You want to start with the AFC title game?
5: You better have better advice than that. Respect (laughs) the role, for (laughs) God's sake.
0: They're they're a huge – I don't know if I'm going to do it. Just that, like the price is massive, obviously. Edmonton's a huge favorite. Anyway, um, Baltimore and Kansas City. Ravens are about a four-point home favorite. Um, I'll ask you guys this question, and I would encourage the listeners to kind of answer this question for themselves as well. Do you guys think, as far as this game is concerned, with Baltimore and Kansas City – does the regular season matter?
3: No. Well, only, only in home field, but no. I, I don't think so. I, I, um, I throw all that stuff out when you get to this
0: point. So it's a really interesting kind of like, um, like fork in the road if you're looking to handicap this game. If you take the regular season into account, and the Ravens were the best team in the regular season this mm-hmm. year, guys. Like, there's no question about that. San Francisco was second best. The Ravens throttled them at their place on Christmas night. Baltimore should be a bigger favorite than this. Like, the Ravens have kind of earned the right to be a bigger favorite. So if you're the type of bettor that says, screw the players that are playing in the game, I don't care. Like, I want to bet what I think, like, I have an advantage in terms of a point spread. I think, like, you lay the Ravens, and then, like, you live with whatever the outcome is. Now, I happen to agree with you guys where, okay, great. Baltimore had the best regular season. Also, on the other side, is maybe the guy that's going to go down as the best football player ever. Like, number 15 in red and Patrick Mahomes. So I'll keep this really simple. If I bet Kansas City plus four, if the Chiefs lose by three, which is like, honestly, like mathematically is the most likely outcome. Baltimore favored playing the game at home, wins by three, the most common um, uh, final score uh, difference in the NFL. I win my bet. Great. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs plus the points. Maybe the Ravens blow them out. It's possible. I'm willing to live with that result, guys. I'll take Kansas City plus the points.
3: I like that pick. Yeah, it's a good one. Huh, that's well, a good until, one. You know, we uh, were talking until, about, until the Ravens win by yeah. seven. Well, but <laughs> Mahomes is like it, it's, it's Jordan esque, right? It's this idea that you ask Pat Riley, he's gonna tell you he's gonna win a title Bet against as long him, as him he at your wants. own risk. Exactly.
0: Well, yeah, and it's like, look, like I'm always really honest with you guys. I'm never gonna come out and say like I've got the crystal ball, I've got the answers. The Ravens blew out a lot of good teams this year. They blew out Miami at the end of the season. They blew out San Francisco. They blew out Detroit. Like it's possible they win this game by double digits, and right. it's a laugher, right? That that could happen. It's just like when the game starts, I want my money on that guy, on Patrick Mahomes. So again, like I'm willing to lose my bet. I'm not saying it's definitely gonna win. Just that that's how I choose to handicap this game. I throw the regular season out. I'll. Take Pick the best player in the biggest game. So give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs plus the points.
5: I like it. I like it, too. Are you going to talk me out of picking the other underdog? Because I'm (laughs) liking the Lions there, Nick.
0: Uh, Not only am I not going to talk you out of it, uh, I'm going to pick the Lions to win. On Sunday in San Francisco. Now, the caveat is going to be this. And we can talk about how I, I personally think. I think both quarterbacks kind of get disrespected a little bit. Mm. Where for Purdy, it's like he's either Joe Montana or, like, Jim Druckenmiller, and there's no in-between. Like, he's either the <laughs> best quarterback or – oh, seriously, right? Like, <laughs> like Rob Purdy, like, okay, he, okay, he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Like, everyone knows that. Like, I understand. But also, it's like he's not allowed to have a bad game or make a bad throw. When he does that, it's like, see, told you. This guy stinks. Like, really? He stinks? He's maybe the best quarterback statistically in the NFL this year. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's also, like, far from the worst. I also think Jared Goff gets disrespected a lot. Lest we forget, it wasn't that long ago. Championship Sunday in in early 2019, the 18 season, where Jared Goff, then the quarterback of the Rams, went on the road to New Orleans and outplayed Drew Brees in that NFC Championship game. Bad non-defensive pass interference call aside at the end of that game that went to overtime. Goff outplayed Brees in that NFC Championship game. I think Jared Goff's going to have a big game. I think the Lions are going to score a lot of points in this game. I also think the Niners are going to score, so I like the over. Now, here's where things could get a little twisted, and I'll be quick with this, right? the two head coaches in this game, and how they approach decision-making in the big spots. Like, Dan Campbell ain't showing up to this game to lose by three. Like, he's going to let it all hang out, right? He's going to put them on the table, and we're going to see, like, like where, where they stand at the end of the game. They're going to go for it on fourth downs. They're going to go for it on fourth and goals. We may see them have a tr- couple trick plays in this game. Would it really surprise anyone if the Lions had a fake punt in this game? Wouldn't surprise me. And on the other sideline, you've got a wonderful head coach in Kyle Shanahan, who, in my opinion, guys, and I don't think this is opinion. I think it's fact. He gets way too conservative in the big spots. He's like a Tucker Carlson. He's like hyper conservative. <laughs> he, he wants to kick. He wants to punt. He's going to settle for a long field goal. He's a, again, a great, please don't confuse what I'm saying. He's a great head coach. I think he gets tight in the big moments. So I think you're going to get an opportunity here for Dan Campbell to maybe steal this game. So with the fourth downs, what happens if they bust? You go forward on fourth and goal. You don't get it. You run a fake punt in your own territory. It doesn't succeed. The Niners are going to win this game by 17 points. But if the Lions are able to convert on a couple of these, I think they can just win the game. So for me... If you like the Lions, David, and I think you said you like the Lions in the game, if you were going to bet the game – Like of course they could like lose by three and cover the bet. I'd rather just bet them to win the game with how I anticipate Dan Campbell coaching for
2: Detroit.
3: Wow, I love it. Nick, we got about 20 seconds. Your best prop. Gotta get a prop.
0: Uh, King of prop. Travis Kelsey over receiving yards. Big players show up in big games in the Lions Niners game. Goff over passing yards. Jameer Gibbs over combined rushing receiving yards. Guys, since midseason, Jameer Gibbs has been the second best running back in the entire NFL. The only one better where number 22 on the other team christian mccaffrey thank you king awesome
3: thank you buddy
0: wishing everybody minimal sweats when he bets the absolute very best of luck
3: Good that stuff. was the host of you better you bet odyssey sports <sighs> betting insider nick costos insider calls presented by bet mgm go check out all of the latest lines today on the bet mgm app did you have the over under on un- Jim Druckenmiller I did not expect that a Jim
5: Druckenmiller reference I also would like to correct for the record the Hawks haven't won since November 9th 2023 they're 0-17-1 on the road so it wasn't October I was being facetious
3: well I'm glad you brought that I'm I figured. had to that clarify. now changes what I'm thinking Yeah, you know, they, they're due maybe Nick's oh, out is something I, I mean listen they're due to lose, and what? the Oilers are due to win. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, you talk about uh, obscure references.
5: I did not expect Nick Costos to say he was going to bet on the Blackhawks tonight. Oh, that's that's right. There you
3: go. Mully and Hawes, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. Of the score.
6: Your guys got a lot of got a lot of really good players, obviously, but maybe. Oh, thank you. That. I said thank you. <laughs> you are. Maybe that viewed though as the superstars
3: like hey, the 49ers. Hey,
6: All All right, right, never mind. Okay.
3: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Mully and haw, that is Jared Goff at his news conference yesterday. Oh, thank you. We have great players, but not as good as ever that never mind. Jared Goff, boy. Where's he fit?
5: He is right now Top four quarterback. Right, right now, yeah, he's a top four quarterback. Central. In the NFC, no, he's, he's, he's the, the top NFC Central, top four NFC in, North in the entire conference. He has had okay. a really strong resurgence season: forty five hundred seventy five passing yards, sixty seven percent completions, thirty touchdowns, twelve interceptions. Really, the biggest thing that has been impressive about Jared Goff is his steadiness, wow. the consistency. He's good. Did you – he has been to a Super Bowl. He has had his Rex Grossman passenger experience, but is he a reason why a team would get there? This year, if they get
3: there, the answer is yes. Uh, I mean – Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about Jared Goff and his career, and I'm kind of – I think what's kind of extraordinary about it um, is you make a deal. And you trade Matthew Stafford and they give you two number ones and Jerry Goff mm-hmm. for that, for that play. Whew, and the they, throw in, I, I He's know throw in. He's, it. He's it's well, they got to match some money and they yeah. got to get rid of him off the books that's to why. bring in the guy. I mean, it's crazy, but that's what it was. And they somehow stay with them and they double down on him. And now they're in a championship game. It's kind of, it's kind of wild. That Stafford's eliminated, and listen, they won a Super Bowl. That was a great trade because they won. It was. But what if what if Jared Goff ends up in the Super Bowl again? What if he actually were to win a Super Bowl? Does I- that change the way you think of that deal? I don't know that it
5: changes the way you think about that deal because the Rams will always have won the deal because Stafford won the Super Bowl. But what if Goff wins the Super Bowl? It's the proverbial trade that benefits both teams. Okay. And I think that Jared Goff, his career is a great example in a study about the weight of expectation. He came into the league as a number one overall pick. So all that comes with those expectations – and he really, has he lived up to that? No. Right. But has he been a quarterback that, you know, you look, he's been in the he's league the Super Bowl. since 2017 as a starter. Yeah. He started at the end of his rookie year. He's been to a Super Bowl. Right. We don't think of Jared Goff. We were ticking off top 10 quarterbacks in the league earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a guy whose name came up.
3: You know who else we missed? Who? I'm, I'm very curious. Aaron Rodgers? Yes. I know.
5: I intentionally I I ignored that. I know
3: you did. I'm just. There I'm will saying. be no diva talk this morning. Do we include him now?
5: Well, if he's on the Kirk Cousins recovery plan, maybe. Okay. Because if he is going to play again, but All he right. didn't play last year, so. All right. I, it's a good. It's a good inclusion in our conversation, but I think when it comes to golf, I've been guilty of it. Maybe you've been guilty of it, but I have totally overlooked his talent and his ability to be steady at times. And his ability to throw the ball where it needs to be thrown and make good decisions.
3: I will not admit to guilt, but I will say I have been accused. Yeah. <laughs> um I think they're a fascinating team because I think this is this, you know, we talked to Nick earlier and he, he was giving us a a side bet on uh a prop bet on your guy, Jameer Gibbs, and how good he has been. When he was drafted the reaction was like, what the hell are they doing? And they come back and they get Laporta, and everyone's kind of like, is that what they need? Those guys are playing phenomenally. Their rookie class has been fantastic, and I don't know if they got credit for how well they drafted on the day after the draft. I'd like to go look at some... Draft cards. You know who gave him credit? Rating.
5: You know who gave him credit? Dave Wanstead did. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Dave liked their draft a lot, and he said that they had maybe the best draft of any team. Right. And they were, for reasons you cited, the guys that they got. Brad Holmes is the real hero of this story. He's no just question. not as loud as Dan Campbell. Yeah. Dan Campbell certainly Dan deserves Campbell, his credit, too.
3: Yeah, he's done great. And he's given them an attitude and a uh, you know a good feeling. Uh, togetherness all that the stuff. the power of belief but like you, know, uh, you, you, d- you draft definitely. Aiden Hutchinson it, that's a that's an obvious pick but a great player yeah, because and he's done you know great.
5: you know what makes hope even more powerful talent
3: that's it and <laughs> talent. that's that's where they're at right <laughs> it now.
5: helps when you're inspired if you have the ability to back it up and Aiden Hutchinson you go down the uh, Sewell you yes. look at the, yeah, the Sewell, Gibbs great player in the backfield. Frank
3: Bragg now is the center. So this is center. a team
5: that's not going away either. They're no. young. The Packers have the youngest team in the league, but the Lions have a lot of youth at key positions yeah. that make them a problem for the years to come.
3: Um, I guess when I think about them, I'm a little you know, the Bears played them well, both games. And it makes me wonder if they can stay with San Francisco if they can you know, go into San Jose and win that game. Um, I don't know. I don't know that they're that kind. Of, you know what I mean? The idea that Dan Campbell is going to take every risk he can and maybe you have a fake punt and go for that <laughs> fourth down – that doesn't make me feel like you're going to win. I think you would love it until it goes wrong. Until it blows up. On I don't you. really love it, to be honest. I don't. With you. I don't and, think I like
5: I, it. I think it appeals. It doesn't necessarily. Some people love it, and Nick made a good argument for it. Yes. You know that he's going to go for it on fourth down. Right. He's not going to lose by three. I've done that all year. He's long. going to pull out all the stops, and I think yeah, you, you can know lose what? that way. Yeah.
3: You're not going to lose by three. You're going to lose by seven because you're going to make that dumb decision. What did we
5: say after the Bills lost to the Chiefs? Boy, did Sean McDermott blow it with that fake punt. Well, and you're right.
3: We had a he conversation did. off the air where we talked about not whether or not Josh Allen's the guy, whether or not Sean McDermott
5: could have been a fireable offense. That could have been. If you want to look at Bill Belichick sitting out there, we talk about upgrades here in Chicago. Why did they go after Harbaugh and launch Eberflus in Buffalo? I gotta wonder if they're thinking goodbye, Sean, hello, Bill, because they're ready to win a Super Bowl.
3: They could have won a Super Bowl back in the day if it wasn't for Bill. <laughs> and Scott Norwood. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. But Bill put together yeah, some of those great yeah, he game did. plans yeah, as
5: the he did. defensive but coordinator. But the point's well the taken. Dan Campbell, I think, is 100 well, – let me say this. 95% asset this weekend. <laughs> Yeah. It's the 5% that scares me. It does scare me.
3: Because if bit. he's a liability
5: yeah. and he makes a really emotional
3: well, decision in the heat of the moment. Right. If you go into a game thinking, we got to come up with some gimmick to win this game. Rut row
5: Rut row is right. You want yeah. your players playing at a fever pitch. You don't want your coach operating at the same level.
3: Yeah. And, right? And he's a very emotional guy. And but, he's, he's a good guy. But I think that. I'd take him. Oh, I, I I I love the guy. He's I the think, closest thing the league has to Ditka. Well, okay, now we're getting. There. I'm just saying. I know, he's a tight end, not a Hall of Fame tight end, but yeah. Is that a, is that local guy, tight he, end who's gonna played
5: for the team? Yeah, goes back and emotionally leads them to places they've never been. Okay, he's gonna be a legend if they get to the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, I he. I, it's just a hard... Detroit comparison. Ditka. Detroit Ditka. That 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 sounds. Detroit Ditka sounds I love like it when it the, you the clone of the clone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it does. It doesn't sound like wow they got Detroit Ditka. It's more like <laughs> God, you know, Dot Lions. He's 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 like Ditka of Detroit. It just doesn't work the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, are the Ravens the best team in the NFL right now? Are they the most balanced team? Or do you go with um, you go with San Francisco because of their talent on offense, not necessarily, and they got some great Let defensive me, players. That's a great question. But not
5: the quarterback. And you're going to back me into a corner because I do think that it's going to sound so illogical, and I hate that. Ravens are the most complete team in the playoffs in the Final Four right now. And I say that because I have lost faith in Brock Purdy, and I say that knowing I'm going to pick the Chiefs tomorrow. <laughs>
3: So be, it makes no I thought, sense. I thought we were working on the out.
5: I'm leaning toward picking the Chiefs. Are tomorrow. you picking
3: the Chiefs with the points or are you picking the Chiefs to win? We need to. How do we clarify that? That will thing? be the suspense. Yeah. Do, do we.
2: Well, we say, I think we say with. You we know, don't, I don't
3: want the points. Well, I don't need right. the points. With but the spread. About how about Nick? The
5: spread,
2: right? Costos took. The Chiefs, and he took the Lions.
3: Yeah, that doesn't seem like it's...
2: He, but he he also has been on that. He's been he, on that for a couple... So he also did that last weekend. He did... So this is... Remember, this was the opening night game. Mm-hmm. So he did an opening night game teaser this past weekend where he had the Lions and the Chiefs on Sunday in a teaser made mm-hmm. off. Um and you could do that again this weekend. And I actually, that's where I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards a teaser that I, I okay. like a lot with the Lions and the Chiefs.
5: Nick is also betting on the Blackhawks tonight, though. So. Well, I mean.
3: That's well, he true. brought it up.
2: He, he brought it up. And
3: you get, a, you get a puck and a half, right?
5: And I love Costos, but he also got Christian McCaffrey's numbers 23.
3: Chris Christian McCaffrey, the hippie cowboy himself. He said 22, didn't he? You know, can we go back to that for just one second? Okay, yeah. How good was DJ Moore this year? He was really good. And in a calendar year, they traded Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. How do you do that? I, I'm just asking. That's kind of insane. Yeah. That's just
5: nuts. And one more step. You traded DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, and you took Bryce Young over CJ wow. Stroud.
3: Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's the big one. Okay. Really. If they I, if I had gotten rid of everybody. Boy, but They, they yeah. should fire that guy. Oh wait! They did. The owner? Yeah. Oh, the the
5: general manager. Uh,
3: Yeah, but I think the owner was the one who preferred uh, Bryce Young. Didn't the coach? They fired the coach too. The coach, I believe, he preferred wanted CJ
5: Stroud. Stroud. The GM traded away the two best players, and the owner got his way and is now paying probably four coaches.
7: It's the Panthers, man.
3: (laughs) Big weighing in. Yeah, what you got to do in the NFL is just go lean on them, find out what they do, and go the other way. So That's all. the Ravens are the best team left. Is that,
5: is that an example of what then? Good roster building, good drafting, good free agency. I, I think they're a product of all of it. They're an example of what happens when you use well, all of your different methods of player acquisition, draft, free agency trades, and you, know, you build a complete roster, and you have an MVP caliber quarterback. Every example that you make about NFL teams that win is evident in the Ravens.
3: Uh, they got everything going their way and they're at home. The only problem, and it's, it's a problem, is that you got Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's Jordan is, in the NBA Finals. Well, that's it. I mean, this guy.
5: It, no matter who the opponent I, is. I know,
3: I know people don't want to hear it, but when you think about the path that he's on, it, it is as good as any quarterback ever. And people will be like, the greatest quarterback ever was Tom Brady. Look at all the – and I'm not arguing that fact. but And Tom went to what, like seven or eight of them? But this guy's gone to, to a championship each year. He's been starting in the league.
5: It's crazy to consider. It's, to it's, consider it's, it's, an, it's an
3: insane run. idea. And, and, and it feels like, again, uh, you know, the clutch stuff he's like eight and one when trailing in a playoff game the rest of the league over that period of time so he, that's that's pretty good eight and one that's a very high percentage the rest of the league is like lower than 100 or they're like a, it's like a 111 winning percentage when you're trailing he is better than all of them combined
5: he's gonna need some help his defense gonna have to stand up his Receivers are going to have to stop dropping passes. The offensive line is going to have to protect, but it will come down to, or if it comes down to, Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter, I like his chances.
3: You know who I don't like in a a prop bet in this game is Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I I really don't like him in a prop bet. Here's why. I think if I'm putting together a game plan, I'm looking at their team, and I'm saying – Exactly what Nick said, which is great players and great games. And I'm saying whether I have to double them or triple them, I'm going to make someone else beat me. I would say good luck because, yeah, I, 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 I think that that is certainly the, the – I won't let him win the, the, tendency, the game tendency, and that's going to be – I'm not giving him two touchdowns.
5: I, but I don't know how you prevent that. Even though you want to devote, you know, two, two defenders. You'll and,
3: leave you leave scantily know, – you leave everyone else – uh, the the young guy is pretty good. Human
5: nature, though, once you, once they make you pay, let's follow through with what we're talking yeah. about here. Mahomes, at some point, if you do that early, he's going to make you pay for it, and then readjust. And once he does that, Kelsey's going to find a way to get open because that's what he always does, and Patrick Mahomes always finds him. But so I'm, that's I'm gonna, why they are who I, they are.
3: I'm going to consistently defend him no matter what, and I'm going to make him throw to other receivers. And I'm gonna play the drop card. I'm gonna say these guys are as likely to drop a pass as to catch one. Mm-hmm. And and even if it's like they'll drop a third of the passes, I'll I'll live with it rather than let the one player beat me, who I know can catch, although he has dropped two.
5: He can catch. He'll be yeah, he's had a bad year for drops. He's had an uncharacteristically down year for him by his standards, but He's not been that down. He's still still very dangerous. I, I don't know that I don't know that the AFC Championship game would be the game that I think Travis Kelsey is not going to measure up. I I would not want you to waste your money by betting on that the under or anything.
3: Um, we when, have a texter who wants to know why the Ravens would give a box up for Taylor Swift and company um, over fans of the team. <laughs> like don't don't give you, well, first of all, you've got to give a certain amount of boxes to your team, and this guy is one of their best players. Is she so. not,
5: does he know? Are they, is she definitely in a I think in he's a sweet? predicting her. Yeah, to show well, if up. she is, then it's fine. That's right. professional courtesy.
3: I, okay. I get that. I do too. but the idea that you don't want her there do because, you really
5: want to alienate Taylor Swift if you are an NFL franchise?
3: Oh, I mean, call the commissioner. How is that working for him? <laughs> is I, he going to be there? He's um, been following
5: Detroit yeah, lately. Yeah, he probably he's been following be Detroit. Is he going to be in San Francisco? He was at the he was in
3: the Ford Field last week. I don't know. Yeah. Um I, I, w- which game would you go to? If I had to go to one if game you this were weekend? Him.
5: Oh, I I would go to Detroit. Really? San Francisco. If you were him? Yeah.
3: Man, I I'd, I'd go to the Ravens. It's, you know, think about it. You're in in New York. He's seen that game. When's the last time that the Lions got to the Super Bowl? Six
2: times in a row you've had the Chiefs in the AFC title game. He's been there, done that.
5: Been there, done that. Lions are about to make history if they win. Something that's never happened before. I'd want to see that.
2: Baltimore, San Francisco. Baltimore,
3: San Francisco. You live in New York. New York to Baltimore Train
2: cross country train. flight. Train exactly, cross country flight. Exactly. Well I'm sure he's I'm sure his, he's not sitting in the middle seat on a you know, airline out of Rockford. I'd still
5: okay. I'd go to I'd go to San Francisco, uh, Detroit. I love that stadium and I think that area is great. And plus the history that you would be able to witness would be I, worth the trip.
3: I'd totally go to the Ravens game. I think that's the better game. You just like Taylor Swift. And, uh, yes, I would, if I'm Roger, I would just stumble in, accidentally (laughs) present myself to her. Yeah. I would just walk in, (laughs) and I'd give her a friendship bracelet. Hey, (laughs) Tay-Tay.
2: This will be a really good measure. And I don't know that the the fans get into this, but I know we do, or at least I'll say I do. So we assume that Taylor will be in Baltimore.
3: Yeah. You think she
2: might go to San Francisco? No, no, no. How much better ratings
3: will, they will get game
2: one they're... have versus game two? Now, TV tries to tell us that the second right. game, the later window, is, is going to better... be the better game and the more watched game. Yeah. like So, will will attendance, assuming the Taylor's there, be better for Chiefs-Ravens ahead of, like, what is the Taylor effect? Well,
5: well that's a great point, Dustin. Yeah. I'm glad you made it because we don't want to be – accused of not taking but your it, point it's, seriously it's, yeah. that's a great point but i do also think that the patrick mahomes factor is in play come on taylor swift or not people are going to want to watch patrick mahomes the guy in all the commercials the best team or the best player sure. in the league it's I mean,
2: the mahomes effect too but, so yeah. Molly said it's the better game, but you said you'd rather go to Detroit. I'm San a sucker Francisco. for history, he's, right? But I'm saying which game? I'm saying, assuming Taylor Swift goes to that game, yeah. Which game's going to have the higher viewership, and is it going to right. be a landslide well, for the Chiefs because yes. of Taylor
3: Swift? They're all gonna. People are watching these games. They well, they're might setting be, records. They might be watching them more because she's involved and she's brought a different crowd with her. And there are people that want to see her, like, cheering in the booth. I know that sounds crazy, but there are people watching for that reason. Yeah, people take a drink
5: or a shot every time they have a cutaway to Taylor Swift and they're drunk by the first quarter.
2: Well, I know David's watching in case the, the other Kelsey brother is shirtless because David loves athletes that oh. don't wear shirts. I guess her, that better I, not I, happen. I
3: guess uh, his wife was mad about it. She should have been. Told him to knock it off. Totally. If he shows up this time, I think he
2: <laughs> We could We could it. hear that audio next if you want. Okay. Let's hear from his wife.
3: That sounds like fun. Excellent. Everyone loves that. It's Mully and Haw Chicago Sports Radio, six seven to the score
5: there was not enough cameras on the suite where you could see kylie though
3: i wanted to see her reaction to all of this so bad
2: i'm not gonna lie i gave kylie a heads up the moment we got into the suite i said i'm <laughs> taking my shirt off and i'm jumping out of that suite and she said jason right. don't you dare i was like hey it's letting you know what's happening i'm not asking for permission i'm doing
4: this what's a kelsey man's determined there's no f- stopping him
2: and she was already telling me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting taylor
6: this is hilarious
2: i was like kylie when i met you the first day i met you i was blacked out drunk and fell asleep at the bar <laughs> This is part of the charm. This is part of the Jason Kelsey charm. I want to make my best first impression. This is my best chance. My best first
3: impression is the worst impression ever. So I ha- I could just build Set that from that bar, point nice on. Nice yeah, level. exactly. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Stay classy, San Diego. Oh, come on. That is David's guy. Oh boy. Jason Kelsey. You're a little tired of seeing yeah. him. You saw a lot of them. A lot of them. Saw way too much of them. And um, well, his wife had cautioned him, don't do it. A little too jiggly for me. Um, and he was doing it. He sounds like Pat McAfee. Uh-huh. His voice sounds like Pat McAfee.
5: It just seems like it was, is his voice double. Is, is that... Um, are they going to start having Rodgers on? M- probably. Until he gets him in trouble. Yeah, he start wearing a tank top. All those guys are overexposed. Look... Do you think he's going to be there in Baltimore, same act? Or is he going to be, you know, watching the game from wherever he watches his games? Or is he going to be front and center? And is this all part of a uh, documentary, podcast, material? Is it a bit, or was he really just having fun?
3: Um, I think it, it's hard to tell because I think he was like screaming drunk. <laughs> And I think that he probably when he gets real drunk, he probably does dumb stuff. because <laughs> so. And um, he, cause that was kinda dumb. I, I I if I had if I had a kid at the game and this giant drunk guy wanted to hold her up so she could wave a sign at a pop star, I don't think I'd like that. I don't think I would Put either your shirt back on before yeah. you pick
5: up a kid. It's a little little, a little much, too much. Yeah, a little more friendly than i yeah yeah i don't whatever whatever um so in the nba the news has broken or been confirmed
3: this is good stuff
5: doc rivers Mm -hmm. signed a contract with the bucks that will pay him 40 million dollars through 2027 so basically doc rivers coming out of the booth where he briefly Analyzed NBA games. He was fired from the 76ers last year. Doc Rivers, who won an NBA championship with the Boston Celtics, local guy, made really good $40 million to come save the Bucks, who were, who were uh, 30 and 13 when they fired their coach. Well, <laughs> Second
1: they, in the East. Yeah.
5: Second in the East, they fire the coach. Here's Doc Rivers, $40 million. That must be the going rate in professional sports
3: upgrades. Um, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of years. I don't know if he's going to get all the years and the money if they don't win. I, I feel like this is Doc's last best shot at a title this year. And I think if they, if they do make a move and they look like they're they're they've gotten better, you know, then he may stay. But I think this is player driven. And I think that, they're gonna ha- he's going to have to somehow figure out a way to improve their team, improve their defense without kind of I, coaching them the way he l- normally coaches Let me coach see if I anyone. understand so. Are you yeah. saying
5: that if the Bucs win the NBA title, and they very conceivably could, yes, that Doc Rivers walks off, rides off into
3: the sunset and retires again? No, no. I, I think One that... One more year? I think that he gets another year if they get in the playoffs and look like they're gonna make noise. I, I don't. think I think this is about trying to win right now. No doubt about and it. And if he doesn't do it, they've go through a lot of coaches. The league goes through a lot of coaches, but the Bucks, what's with Giannis? What is going on there? Why doesn't he tell uh, not me? Stell st- st- some not, not, family not, jokes. Not Giannis. Yeah. That no. joke is not you know that's a, it's not the guy behind this. He claims he is No, he's not. I don't know. <laughs> who is then? they've gone through a lot
5: doc rivers 40 million dollars through 20 26 27 he got fired and landed on his feet well this is i mean i, mean, I
3: understand a, he he landed on his feet when he got like a good mba gig where you go around and you comment on games and you got like a team of researchers yeah but if you're the if you're a coach and you're competitive better. he's in a better situation
5: well I, i'll ask you this I, th- I think the answer is yes but i don't want to assume it isn't he in a better situation now to win an NBA title than he was oh, yeah. coaching the Sixers? Oh yeah. Even though he had at one point Embiid, Harden, Maxi.
3: I mean, listen. He
5: had talent there, but they Harden, didn't fit together.
3: Harden and Embiid didn't fit together. But look at Harden. But look at Harden Harden's fit. doing in LA with the Clippers. Yeah, I don't that think That team's so. dangerous. That uh, team's been good. I I got to give him credit. They've been good. They've won some games. They're not going to win in the playoffs. Okay. Not Mark, that group. Mark Mully's words. I'm just being honest. I, I mean, it's not like everyone is going to decide, now I'm going to sacrifice whatever it takes to win. Well, Every, you know, Everybody I, wants their own I, little I would counter, of things.
5: I would counter that with the reminder. Mm-hmm. The West is not that deep this That's year. That's true. The Suns That's are trying true. to figure it out. I think they're the dangerous team. The
3: T-Wolves
5: the are – The
3: Suns are such a disappointment. It's just the way they play. The, the T-Wolves are kind of interesting. They're interesting. So are the Thunder. Yeah, they're I the agree. two top teams yes, in the West. I agree. Do they,
5: they look insurmountable? No. No, they don't. Clippers have the but talent.
3: They're, they're actually playing together and trying a little bit, those teams. Well, but I don't they,
5: think anybody in the West necessarily looks better than anybody, why, the best teams in the why, East.
3: Why is that team not good enough, the Phoenix team? I don't understand. Too many stars and not enough. I think
5: they're they're still learning how to play with each other. There's been a really small sample size of having Booker yeah. and, and Beal and Durant on the court at the same time. And also, they're not that deep. Mm-hmm. Beyond those three, who else do they really have? They don't have a ton of depth on that roster.
1: Let's show the Nuggets some love, too. They did play yeah. the Celtics, yeah. and they beat them in that one. They're okay. the best team yeah. in the East. And
5: yeah. they,
3: have, they have the, the great player, a couple of great players, and they've won. It's a good point. So that's Brandon. a, that's a right. good point. That's a very good
5: point. I, I think you forget about the Nuggets easily because you think, well, well, they got their championship. They're done. But yeah. they're not done. No, no. No. I think though that the, the Bucks with, with Doc Rivers solidifying things, stabilizing things, may, maybe having them play a little defense, even though they don't have Drew Holiday, which is a factor, but they can win it. They can win it. They've got I, I, the star I, power. It'd be great. Not exactly I, out in a
3: limb there. I'm just so surprised yeah. the Bucks did this. You mean the amount of money? I think it's like a one-year deal. I mean, it's disguised as $40 million. I don't think they're paying them $40 million. Coaches, I don't know. contracts, though, are pretty air- airtight. Yeah. I think I'd you... like to see this one. I'd like to have a forensic ex- exam. The
1: Bucks are it. currently paying three coaches right now this NBA season.
3: Yeah. They better win.
5: That's pretty good. Or else you fire the general manager next. One of those guys is going to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How... how how does Adrian Griffin feel this week? I mean, first time head coach, unemployed. Obviously, didn't do. Oh, you just mean
3: I'm disappointed, unemployed. I mean, how does he feel? Wronged. Um, probably. betrayed. Yes, betrayed.
5: All those things that come by with a being...
3: certain dad joke, maybe. <laughs> a dad you wonder joker.
5: something. What something. role does the Dame play in this? Is he the? Is he the? Yeah, even... I don't
3: know that he's
5: the coach killer. I think is it, is he not? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. how Wasn't Stotts his guy? Going. Stotts was his guy. He was. He went. He's gone.
3: He was. Was he even uh, here? He who was, knows? He so
5: They're going to win the NBA title. It's not going to matter.
1: They have, have reports too that Giannis was like not subbing out. He was changing the plays a little bit when Griffin was there. Yeah.
3: That's yeah. usually. That's usually I, a hint that I don't think Giannis is also
5: innocent in this.
3: Oh no! Yeah, I just no. He's he's a fun guy, and I think we all like him. Times like this, it's either you it tears us apart or it brings us together, and I think it's going to bring us together. Um, they've been through some weird times. He's he's had an extraordinary career. It's interesting though.
5: They they have very little tolerance for coaching miscues or getting the wrong guy in the in that job. You look at the Wizards; they are terrible this year, but they just Fired West and Unseld Jr. this morning, and moved him into a front office role. A lot of moves being made around the league. A lot of teams active before the deadline, and then there's the and pulse. then there's
3: and then there's the NFL, where half the league it has no coordinator. I mean, how have you ever seen teams go through offensive? coordinators as quickly as they are now
5: yeah I mean no this is this is unprecedented yeah. in terms of the amount of turnover it's almost it's like crazy. it's a trial and error job it's almost like it's an internship
3: who did we say was the that was the um the longest serving offensive Brian like, Callahan
5: would have been he went yeah. to the Titans
3: well, I, and had it's
5: Luke like, Getzey stayed he would have been
3: is that unbelievable had Luke Getzey
5: stayed for a third season Come on. You don't really have offensive coordinators to stay three seasons because either A, a team gets impatient because it's not working and you're gone, or B, he's so good that he gets hired somewhere as a head coach. Right. The great (laughs) gets he. The great. Oh, boy. Thank you, Brandon, for finding that one.
3: Yeah. That that one's not going to age well. It has not. (laughs) Was that after which game? I don't know. Oh, my God. Maybe the commanders' game? Perhaps. They scored a few points.
5: And it certainly wasn't after a press conference.
3: No. Well, no. You didn't like the, the bus throw. No, I did not like no. the bus tossing. Wasn't it a big a fan of that.
5: But offensive coordinators, to your point, Ben Johnson's going to get hired somewhere, maybe oh, Washington. Yeah. No, Bobby Slowick Jr. is interviewed twice in Atlanta. Yeah. So you're, you're Arthur Blank, and you're sitting there deciding, well, do I go with 35-year-old Bobby Slowick Jr.? Or do I go with Bill Belichick, who's twice his age?
3: Well, I mean, it's an easy decision for me, I, and I, I I like his father. I I know Bob Slowick and and uh, yeah, he was the Bears' assistant. He was yeah. Dave's uh, coordinator, mm-hmm. and, and Bobby
5: Sloick Jr. is a bright young coach. Yeah, he's he's done but, a great job,
3: uh, and to this day, my you know I Bobby uh, Bob Slowick used to say things on the practice field with like. Like, you know, let's go, Minnie, to Kevin Minifield. And I would, we'd be leaving the house and I'd be like, let's go, Minnie. And the kids would get in the minivan. They thought I was saying, like, let's go, Minnie, let's go to the car. And they would say, they do an impersonation of me doing an impersonation of the father of a potential head coach in Atlanta. Isn't that weird? Yeah. JT, JT, JT. So
5: you were going to say, who would you take in Atlanta?
3: Uh, I take Belichick. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Arthur Blank, is that what the question was? It was. Yeah, if, if you're Arthur Blank, if you're, I you're was, debating between. If I was manicured like the White House lawn, I would want someone more likely to win immediately. And I think Belichick is the experienced hand. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd I, hire I'm Belichick. I'd to, sign Kirk Cousins, and yes, I'd wait for them yes.
5: uh, to to give me my playoff plan because I would be in the postseason next right. year in that division.
3: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, and if I, I mean, how old is uh, is Arthur uh, Blank? I mean, he's not he, he's not like a very old guy, but he's not young. And I'd like to win now, please. I got a lot of money, and I want to win immediately. He is
5: 82 years old, or will be in September. Okay, let's go. So he's 81.
3: You know, I'm just saying that's not 61. And there's nothing wrong with being 81. 81's a new 61. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. It is. I mean, just look at the guy. Yeah. Oh, the guy. He's always looked like that. He's incredible. Fantastic. I I mean, literally, he has not a hair out of place. He
5: puts the hot in Hot
3: There is everything is trimmed. He's got this David Niven mustache. (laughs) I I can't believe he's not pretty. He does. He has the David Niven going. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, boy. He has forever. <laughs> I mean, if I'm if I'm David Niven, am I hiring a young guy or a mature, older? If innovation? Bill
5: Belichick doesn't get hired by the Falcons and goes unhired and unemployed yes. in this cycle, that'll be remarkable. I know. Yeah. It, it's a good thing nobody passed on Jim Harbaugh.
3: He needs Belichick. Probably needs a few years to win or not. Well, he's, to be the number one overall uh, winningest coach ever.
5: Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get that in Atlanta.
3: I well, would try to. I mean, he he didn't get near it. I would did, rather at the end there and stage uh, a coup somewhere that's
5: ready to win. I'd say I, I would. You know, how well do, does he know the the Buffalo owner?
3: I am still stunned that they brought. Mike McCarthy back, and they didn't just go to Belichick because they got yeah, a that's lot. that's ridiculous. There. That
5: was ridiculous. I'm less stunned as we go on because I start to think about Jerry Jones needing to be needed, oh boy.
3: and Bill Belichick doesn't need him. And that's – I thought Jerry might need to win, but never mind that. All right, we've got, uh, we've got uh, Dan and Lawrence. Are they here? Yes, Dan and Lawrence today. That's going to be fun. We'll talk to them next while we in on the score.